you can see that last thread of honor snapping in front of your eyes and he says please go inside and then she doesn't and then he says go inside we know he wanted to go inside inside her <laughs> Part two of our uh, Bridgerton season two discussion. So uh, before you listen to this, if you haven't listened to part one, which was about episodes one to four, please go ahead and do that because this may not make a lot of sense to you if (laughs) this is the first one you're listening to. But today we're going to focus on episodes five to eight, which is the angsty part (laughs) (laughs) this is where it really gets angsty so episode four we left off with anthony bridgerton getting on one knee and asking the wrong sharma Sharma, the wrong sharma sister in marriage so episode five an unthinkable fate Seth, yeah. what happens? Um, <laughs> Alright, well, right off the bat, the show starts off with the Bridgertons and the Sharmas going to visit the Queen, who more or less takes credit um, for the match and insists on hosting this wedding. And we know, um, we haven't talked about Lady Whistledown, but she is, like, she's making it her mission, the Queen, um, to find out who Lady Whistledown is. And Anthony has been, like, has become more remote and more colder um, he's very much in, like, the planning stage of this wedding. And Kate is, like, ready to go back to India at this point um, as soon as his sister gets married. Um, cut to a scene where Anthony is at the – it's not the Sharma house, but Lady Danbury's house where um, he needs the ring size for Edwina's finger. Okay, you're getting way too – you're getting too far into it already. I skipped all the random other people stuff. <laughs> I mean, but we need to start with the beginning, girl. Like, like, like Ugh. the the episode literally opens with Kate fanning herself, panting a little bit. Oh, fine, oh, and their yeah. hands almost touch. Remembering the bee, and then we have that like beautiful shot, gorgeous shot of Antony walking all like determined towards her, and then like the little like pinky finger reaching out towards yes, hers. Yes. And he says, Miss Sharma, and then they have that whole meeting with the queen where um, literally uh, the queen says, oh, blah, 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 like match, like a love match type of thing. And then Kate's uh, teacup literally rattles because she's so, (laughs) she's so in shock. Yeah, you can't skip that stuff. Oh my gosh, I was just (laughs) briefly going on it and then we would talk about it. So now we're talking about it. Um, yeah, how did you guys, uh, how did you guys feel about that beginning of the episode? Antony is literally sitting on that sofa, like that little couch thing with Edwina, and he's constantly looking at Kate. (laughs) He's not even subtle. Honestly, the fact that Edwina never noticed it before, I just didn't get it. I think she does notice, no? 
I feel like there are moments where she kind of like she sees, but she doesn't want to. Well, she sees, but but I don't know. Like she kind of just smiles it off, like kind of just like, oh great, they're getting along, but it's like mm. not in that way. But yeah. like I don't know if she fully understands like maybe the the energy between them. Like I think that's just what it is. She doesn't understand what's going on between them. I mean, she does at some point. I don't remember which episode, but there is an episode where she. Oh, I think it's when they do the whole like Haldi thing, where she kind of yeah. says like, "Oh, he doesn't look at me enough." Yeah. <laughs> so I think she Aww. does notice that he's not looking at her, but I don't know that she notices notices that he's looking at Kate a lot, like a yeah. lot. <laughs> um anyway um oh um after the the queen thing there's a brief mention of eloise saying that she was going to a flower arrangement uh lesson yeah do you guys think this is like kind of a A little little easter egg yeah yeah to her future love interest i thought so i don't know i mean i personally thought so but then i don't know i feel like People are really shipping her with Theo, so I don't know what they're going to do with this this show. I mean, she's allowed to have Th- Theo and then have Sir Philip, you know? She is yeah. not beholden to only one man. Agreed. Um, so, True. I don't know. I just, I think uh, it was kind of interesting. I mean, people kind of went even further than that by saying that she chose the the yellow mallet during Pal Mal. Yes. And that that means, because he was wearing yellow, apparently. I didn't notice that. He was wearing he yellow. Was wearing people yellow were best. like, oh my God. <laughs> people were actually really analyzing it then. <laughs> yeah. They dove deep. People really do. And then there was a scene that we'll probably get to later, but like where the... um. Are they the cow cowpers? You know, like Chrisetta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They were saying like her parents, like when they mentioned like her being an only child, they all looked very like you know, um, like they were full of tension and like they weren't looking at anyone. So people were like, uh, is that like a kind of small nod to Sophie? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, something I didn't I I didn't mention or forgot to mention in the the part one. Um, we didn't talk about the. The fact that Kate, mostly Kate, I would say, kind of drops her English accent when she's with Edwina. Did, yeah. did you guys notice that? That it like she she puts on an accent when she's around like pure people. I noticed. Um, I noticed that a lot with the Haldi ceremony scene, where like mm. all of them have a very like, they speak very like, they have an Indian accent. Like mm. they they really have a heavy like a heavy one there. And then like you said, they like, is it called code switching? Or, like, it's when, like, uh, I don't maybe, know what it's yeah. called, but it's, like, when, like, yeah, like, my parents do it all the time. Like, they have, like, their Guyanese accent when they're at home and, like, when uh-huh. they're talking to family. But then when my mom's talking to, like, coworkers or colleagues or whatever, her accent changes and she sounds Canadian. So, so yeah, and I did notice that, I mean, in the in the first couple episodes, you mostly just notice it when she's talking to Edwina. Edwina has one, too, but definitely less so than Kate, I would say, which kind yeah. of hints at uh, maybe, like, you know, because I believe... No, wait, were both of Kate's parents from India? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whereas uh, Edwina's, like, her mom doesn't really have an accent because she's from, she's British. So it makes sense why Edwina's accent would maybe not be as, like, thick when she's, uh, you know, with family. But I did notice that Kate started letting out her accent a little bit, like her real way of talking when she's around Antony. And I just thought that that was really cute. Like yeah. she's feeling more comfortable and doesn't want to like pretend to be 
mm-hmm. English in his presence because she's just like, here's how I am, exactly how I'm meant to be. Um, yeah. So I did, I did notice that and love that. And I love that little, just that small little, like, little, like, I guess, scene of, like, comfort. But you also see it, like, later on in the show, too. Like, her accent is very much there whenever she's alone with Anthony. Yeah. And her sister and her mother. Yeah. Um, Which brings us to the scene that you were talking about, which is the scene in which Anthony says that um, he doesn't want to get trapped in an unthinkable fate. Which is the ring scene. They're absolutely fucking sick for putting this in. <laughs> Can we, like... I was sitting there like, no, they're not gonna have Kate try on the ring that is meant to be hers. Yeah. I was like, what the hell am I watching? And then, like, my mom is like... I watch with my parents. My mom is like, the glove does not mean they have the same hand size. <laughs> How did you how how did you feel S watching that? Were you were you sick to your stomach too? Yeah, very angsty, very it made yeah. me giddy and then it made me <laughs> nervous at the fact that I knew she was gonna come in. Mm-hmm. She was gonna yeah. catch them or whatever. And I thought that was gonna be a moment where she was kinda like realize, okay, like something is going on. Mm. Well, they were so close when they walk into right? the room too. I'm like, how did yeah. nobody notice that? Like, the way, like, they're about to jump each other's bones. And then as soon yeah. as Edwina walks in, they, like, like run away from each other. And then the ring gets stuck and she can't get it <sighs> out, of, out of her finger. The ring gets stuck because it was always meant to be hers. It was fate. Mm-hmm. Listen, I have sisters. If I catch one of my sisters trying on my engagement ring with my man, I'd be like... Hold on a minute. <laughs> what I'd be like, I don't want yeah. that ring. Give me a new one. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. what? what's going on here? Yeah. But I guess uh, not Edwina because she just trusts He's her just sister clueless. absolutely blind, blindly that Kate wouldn't do that. Which she didn't mean to do that. Okay? It just happened. No. Sometimes <laughs> things happen. The jeweler that just wanted all the food was like, yeah, just, just put it on. Put it on your finger. Yeah, uh, and the way he was, like, caressing it, like, he grabbed her hand, and, and he, got he was looking at it, she was looking at it, mm-hmm. like, both of them. <laughs> Tell me it's you. like, I feel like Jonathan Bailey's really good at, like, the nuanced expression, or, like, this, this minuscule expressions, and, like, yeah. you kind of see, like, I don't know, this is how I interpreted it, like, he was, like, it's meant to be here, like, he's looking at it, caressing it, and, like, just looking at it, the way he's looking at it, you're like... Oh my gosh, he really wants this. Right away, he started like talking about who it belonged to, what it means, blah, blah. Did yeah. he do that when he gave it to Edwina? He probably just no. threw it and be like, here you go. He, yeah, he <laughs> literally just wanted to get rid of it and get it done with. Yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, We get their first dance after this. Isn't it not the, the walk? And then the the oh the, the promenade scene? yeah wait yeah. yeah I think it's the 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 walk and then the lake oh okay never mind first first dance is is in episode uh, four okay yeah. it's it's because I'm going back because because okay I know why I, I wrote this because I I pointed out that in during their first dance he's like do you want me to reconsider mm-hmm. and then here again he says something like um. Again, like, yeah, he's he's like, would you like me to reconsider as she's trying on the ring and everything? So I'm like, he's real eager. Like, he keeps, <laughs> he, he keeps like, 
running away from the possibility, but also yeah. like throwing it out there <laughs> just in case she says like, yeah. That was my thing. I was kind of confused about that because like you said, he's like running away from it, but then also like embracing the idea of it. But what in case she was actually going to say, yeah, like I want to be with you. What happens then? Like, I would love to see his reaction if she actually had said yes. Like yeah. wh- what would he have done? Because like this was clearly like a, you know, a, a fight between his heart and his mind. So, so you're right. Uh, after this, we get um, Promenade with yes. uh, Jealous at Denise. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so um, during this scene, we have Mr. Dorset come up to Kate and he apologizes for his behavior um, earlier on. And uh, Kate decides to go on a little boat ride with him. Um, and <laughs> Anthony is literally watching them like a hawk not even paying attention to his own mother and his own fiance as they're talking about the wedding. He just has like a one track mind and is just looking at Kate. What else does it do guys? It is a good shot. It was a great of shot. Mr. Great Jonathan scene. Bailey here. Like he he's doing so little and yet he's doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> With his face. Like just the way he's staring is so intent and intense and just like zoomed in on on one thing and one thing only and you can tell with just like his eyes that he is absolutely unaware of what's going on around him like he could not care less that was a common theme with Kate and Anthony like whenever they like zero in on each other like all sound falls away and it's just them but they don't even need to blur out like people around them it's like they're doing it all by themselves just with like their eyes Yeah. yeah yeah to be looked at like that Ugh, Kate is a strong woman. I don't know. Right. <laughs> she really is. Jesus Christ. Um, did you talk about like the boat? I didn't okay, so no no, I got to the part of him looking. So then Anthony decides to uh what does he do? He goes up and decides that he's gonna be the one to you know. <laughs> he help literally Kate. pushes the other guy out of the way. <laughs> right? And he decides to And he doesn't Kate say out. anything. Mr. Dorset just like is like, okay. <laughs> he's just oblivious to everything yeah um and anyway uh so she takes his hand and when anthony um forces himself to step away after she pulls her hand away from his hand he trips over poor newton and takes dorset into the water with him and it was a great really great scene yeah he takes off his coat his cravat everything basically (laughs) which he really didn't need to do but he he does do it um he's looking angry and wet and I, love to see it. it's, it's a shame. Oh, we do love to see it. Yes. But it is a shame that we don't linger more. I right. really thought when I saw that in the trailer, you know, like that scene in season one where um, Simon rolls up his sleeves and we really linger on the fact that he's rolling up his sleeves and that his mm-hmm. arms are like on show and like Daphne's reaction to that where she's like yeah. super horny. I thought that we were going to get this here. Like like kind of slow-mo type of thing where we really linger on the fact that that shirt, that the thinnest shirt in the history of thin shirts. Like what material was it made out of? <laughs> Paper. It's a napkin. <laughs> it's a napkin. Paper yeah. napkin. Uh, I really thought we were going to linger on that, get like his abs looking all wet and sexy. Yeah. Um, we didn't. It's like that's 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 it. He comes out of the the water, and we just get a shot of Kate being like, 
intrigued. <laughs> I know. And then she's telling um, Miss Edwina, it's not polite to stare. And, and she's she literally exactly staring that. so hard. <laughs> Is that scene different in the book? Because in the book, he gets wet as well, right? He, um, I don't think happens. he fully falls into the lake. I think his like legs no, are he does. wet. He does? I believe he does. And then he comes out and he's dripping wet. I remember. And then um he's just yelling at Kate. Like Yeah, I think he's just like angry. Like there's no it, there's no like horniness attached to it. It's kind of yes. just But I think Edwina is wet too. Like I think she fell. I think they both fell. Yes. Into, they both fell in. Uh the serpentine, oh. serpentine. I still don't know how to pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean it was like a nice like homage to yeah. that scene from the book I would say like it's clear that they were kind of going for that because if you remember in the book uh it's kind of similar where Antony shows up at their house and Mary is sick with a headache and Edwina is out uh promenading with suitors Yeah so it's a little similar in that way so like her and Antony go for a walk to like you know go find them and the rest is history so so you know a nice little nod i'll take it yeah. you know uh even though could have lingered lingered on that shot <laughs> yeah. for a couple minutes you know Agreed. do it like bollywood style where it's really intense and we see it from all the all the angles and like multiple <laughs> times with like and like the really slow-mo and the repeat and then slow-mo again yeah, yeah. and you just see kate like oh my god <laughs> No, honestly, like, I, I was even saying when I was watching, I was like, this feels like I'm watching a Bollywood, like, movie because of how, like, like, Bollywood they were acting. Like, the couples, like, they're a little, like, they're circular. Like, the camera was, like, circu- like circulating them. That made no mm-hmm. sense. What am I trying to say? Circling them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, especially yeah. that final, final kiss in the yes. epilogue it is very Bollywood to me. How yeah. it's, like, it turns around them, you know, like, it circles yeah. them, like you said. <laughs> Which is cool. Like, it's a a nice little nod. I'm sure they did it on purpose. Yeah, I thought so, too. But anyways, let's get back to this episode. Yeah, so what happens next, guys? Uh, so he falls into the lake. Um, uh, both mothers in this episode have a little talk with their child, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. Kate and Anthony, respectively. Um, uh, Kate taught, you know, her, Mary is talking to Kate, uh, mostly, what does she say to Kate again? Uh, something about, yeah, 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 they're sitting in the gardens at Lady Denbury's house. And in front of this like, oh, fountain. They're talking about her parents, no? Because that's when they find out that the, the parents are in England and they're gonna join them for dinner. Mm. Something to do with that, no? Oh, it's something. Okay, okay, I remember. It's it's um, she starts saying something about uh, choosing family. Uh, sorry, choosing love over your family because that's what mm-hmm. she did, and that kind of rings a bell for Kate because she's kind of thrust into that situation where it's like, well, there's what I need to do for my family, and then there's following my heart, and I cannot follow my heart in this case. Even though what Mary actually says is. You definitely should. It was worth yeah. it. I never regretted it a single day in my life. Um, it wasn't easy, but I did it. Um, yeah. So so that conversation was important for that reason. And then Anthony uh, also talks to Violet, or Violet uh, talks to Anthony. Um, and what is that conversation about? It's also, like, quite important. Just for him to be honest, no? 
with himself. Does she know at this point? No, she doesn't know yet he has feelings. But she has noticed something's wrong. That he's not excited about the engagement. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, you should be excited. Like, this is your wedding. You know, what is approaching. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I feel like you're, you look like you're going to the gallows or something like that. <laughs> Which is, yeah. like, telling. <laughs> yeah. Um... So I did like that because both mothers are, you know, helping them kind of work through certain um, emotions or pushing them even deeper into their own uh, denial. <laughs> more, yeah. more specifically. Um, well, this is the episode where they find out that the Sheffields, like I said, are in town and they are wanting to come over and speak to their granddaughter, Edwina. So Lady Danbury decides to invite them over for dinner and also invites the Bridgertons over for dinner mm-hmm. as well. Before that dinner, uh, there's uh, Edwina has a conversation with Kate in which she call Edwina calls Anthony by his given name, and Kate specifically says, "Has he asked you to call him by his given name?" And she has she says, "No." I was like, mm, "He hasn't asked." <laughs> And we all know in romance, historical romance world, that's a big thing. So I I wrote, I cackled in evil. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's he hasn't asked. (laughs) No, so you cannot be using his name. Yeah, and and has Antony called her by called her Kate? No, not yet, right? I don't think so. Not yet. Um, I I have a feeling the first time he calls her Kate is when she she falls off off the horse. Like, he screams Kate. He calls her Kate before then, too. This is so important. I know it sounds, like, trivial to some people, but this is so important. This is a major moment in the historical romance, okay? No, it is. We gotta get it right. But I'm gloating at the fact that Edwina never got the permission to call him Antony. Right, so, um... The dinner itself with the Sheffield. What a kerfuffle that was. Yeah. It was drama um, ensued. It was a very, very uh, intense mm-hmm. situation because Kate is worried that the truth will come out about the inheritance, mm-hmm. and it actually does. Lord Sheffield does bring up the settlement that Edwina will receive for marrying a lord, and as Lady Danbury feared, the news stuns Edwina and Mary and also the Bridgertons, and they leave feeling used and just like betrayed in a sense. Question about that. So when they are promenading, uh, Lady Danbury says something to Kate about, uh, you know, they're as good as married in people's right, eyes. Yeah. Uh, only a huge scandal could, you know, tear them tear them apart at this point. Are you going to be that fool? And Kate is like, no. And she says, I didn't think so. Then before the dinner with the Sheffields. I said a real weird, weird, well, weird Sheffields. Um, <laughs> uh, she's about, Kate is about to tell Edwina about it. And then Lady Danbury walks in right as she, like right before she can do it. And I think she says something and then they go to the dinner and then, you know, obviously the, the truth comes out. And then there's just Lady Denbury and Kate left in the room. And Lady Denbury kind of, like, sh- shrugs a little bit. So, do you think she did it on purpose? Like, do you think Lady Denbury was trying to break them apart to use the truth of the the whole um, dowry thing to get Antony 
and Edwina or mostly Edwina to break up the engagement or something because it was very weird because she kept wanting Kate to to tell her sister be honest with her sister but then suddenly she changed her her tune and then it almost seems to me like she did it on purpose that's a good point I never even thought about it that way to be honest yeah so I don't know I'm I'm a little confused Lady Danbury has like at least from this point she's been like team Kate so I don't yeah I don't know I could see her maybe doing something like that for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but then yeah. that also, it hurt her friendship with Violet as well. So it did. It did. It I don't did. know if that was intentional. Um. All right. Well, that's a question to ponder upon. Uh, if anyone has uh, made certain observations and you have better, you know, you have an answer for me, yeah. uh, feel Actually free to have an answer. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> feel free to reach us online and let us know. We would love to know. Um, during the dinner, did you guys notice that <laughs> Anthony only speaks up when they start insulting Kate specifically? Yeah. And all the only person he's looking at usually this whole dinner, like every dinner is Kate. Yeah. Girl, there is this shot uh, specifically when Edwina starts mentioning the, the hunting and there's this shot of Anthony drinking. Why does he have to look this hot drinking? Like, it literally looks sexual. It, because he's looking directly at Kate drinking out of... I don't know. Maybe I'm making Everything shit up. Everything he but like, does to is me, sexual. He's thirsty! Yeah. <laughs> he was, but he made me thirsty! I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it was the thigh. He saw her thigh and he was like, ugh. Yeah. I don't know. He's, like, looking at her over the, li- the like, lip of her- of his glass. And I was just like, this is this is sexual in some kind of way. I don't, I don't know. Um, I think this was a nod. You know that scene in The Viscount Who Loved Me where uh, they're at Aubrey Hall and uh, Penelope is being kind of like bullied by Cressida and Antony swoops in, kind of saves oh. the day and like takes her arm and like leads her into the room, which is like a super high honor because like usually he wouldn't be escorting Penelope into that yeah. room. He'd be escorting like the, I think the highest ranking woman in, you know, at Ho- Aubrey Hall, which is not her. Mm-hmm. But he does it to like prove a point. And then you remember how that chapter ends with Kate thinking he's a hero. So yeah. I wonder if this was like a weird flip on that scene where he does like jump in to help them and he literally like throws the Sheffields on their asses outside. And <laughs> like, disinvites them to the wedding. Like yeah. not only you're going to leave now, but you're not even going to wait in the house. Like I don't care. Yeah. Um, but where it kind of gets like eh, is the fact that the effect that it has is that Edwina is now like in love apparently like she saw his like show of you know he was heroic in that moment and now she's like oh but he he defended us like i'm in love with him now i was like and that's the only man i want kate (laughs) right and 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 that pisses me off uh yeah same why is edwina in love with this man he barely even like i guess spoke a hundred words to her and she's in love with him yeah yeah i get it he's hot you don't know the man why do you love him like this is so superficial i really did not like what they did to her character in the show but yeah nonetheless this is the edwina we have to work with yeah plus it bothers me that she's she says outright to kate that she loves him because 
you can see that for Kate, she's like, okay, then I must back off. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole reason why she, from this point on, keeps pushing for the wedding to happen is yeah. literally because she doesn't want to break her sister's heart. And so she's like, she told me she's in love with, it, with him, so I'll let her have him. Yeah, That's literally her mindset. So, and it pisses me off because we'll get to it, but Edwina doesn't see it that way. And I'm like, girl. She did it for you. I know. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to it. We won't You'll talk get about it now, to it. Yeah, we'll yeah. be mad about it. We're even. Time. We're even jumping ahead. We totally <laughs> missed the study scene of Anthony and Kate. Well, this. Okay. We're we're there. Okay. The dinner yeah. happened. It was a. Everyone's hating on Kate bus. because she knew and like no one else did, yeah. and she never told anyone. Kate runs after Anthony, asks him, begs him, to to have a chat. Uh, so they go into this like study room I don't know what kind of room it is um, and uh, drawing room and they chat yeah they do Um, they do more than chat my my notes literally say in all caps (laughs) and it is not far enough (laughs) and then bane of my existence an object of all my desires and then do you even know all the ways a lady can be seduced the things i could teach you the way he whispers every single phrase like this is what i'm saying he gets really breathy in these like moments Mm -hmm. Mm. it's good tension and to think like you're the bane of my existence was like just like i think it was like inner narrative for him in the book so i have it and it was all he had like it was he was just thinking about it as he was looking at kate and then there was Kate Sheffield, the bane of his existence and the object of all of his desires, all at once. Oh, so that's straight out of the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I love yeah. that. But they just made it a dialogue for him in the show, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. That's good that they made it a dialogue. Yeah. That scene yeah. was something. Hot. Yeah. I couldn't. And Lord Anthony Bridgerton said with his whole ass chest, if I marry your sister, I'm going to cheat on her with you. <laughs> the way this man who's like, I have honor, I am a gentleman. But he's like, no, 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 I will cheat on my wife to be with you. <laughs> I love it. He's so messy. I'm like, I just, I love him. I love it. And I feel like the scene, like, while, yes, the dialogue was amazing, like, the way it was portrayed was amazing. But I also feel like the the way it was shot was also really purposeful in the mm-hmm. sense where, like, the shaky constantly moving shot resembles like at least how I saw it was like the turmoil within them Uh and like whatever like is in between their relationship at this point like that they don't want to name it's just like very it's really interesting that they decided to do that in the scene again lots of breathing Um, yes I think after he says like do you know all the ways uh, a lady can be seduced I could teach you whatever I could teach you the Um, ways of the force yeah (laughs) inappropriate uses of the force um, <laughs> um why is this star wars <laughs> I don't know. um probably because it's pride and prejudice um yes esque. yes uh anyways uh yeah she lets out this like breath that just says so much you know she's just like it's just like um a, a kind of like a sigh but like a horny sigh <laughs> yeah <laughs> And it, it just it works perfectly. Yeah, it just works perfectly to say everything that she do, she she doesn't say. You know, like you know exactly how she feels about what he just told her. Like yeah. she's feeling quite overwhelmed and like you know obviously emotions and and 
hormones are running high. Um, it was great. I loved it. I loved it. And the way he, like, they get so close, like, literally their lips are touching, but they're not kissing. And then he pulls away, and the way he pulls away, oh. Yeah, it was yeah. like he was literally, like, being yanked back, but, like, you couldn't see that, like, his honor is literally being, it's, like, actually hanging by a thread. Like, it's legit at that point. But also, in the sound design, the sound design is interesting because when they're so up close, there's yeah. no sound, and then when he when he decides, like, no, I need, I, I need to not do that right now, you actually hear, like, a... Yeah. It's, like, and, like, the sound comes back. So yeah. it's like you were so up close in their bubble and then suddenly it's like, no, 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 there's the world around us and we can't be doing this and we shouldn't yeah. be doing this. And so I do love that. The little like attention to detail here. For sure. And I feel like I see a lot of comments, people saying like their love scenes and like, I guess their romantic scenes were like, they felt very personal and like, mm-hmm. you just didn't know if you should be watching them. But I really felt like their scenes are so personal and like just done in a way that like the intimacy is so strong. And just so well done. So this, after this is actually the moment where Edwina yeah. says that she loves Anthony. And my note is literally Edwina saying she loves Anthony. <laughs> what, girl? <laughs> <laughs> and then the episode finishes with Kate and Anthony meeting in the woods. Again, that's like their spot, I guess. Their thing. Um, And Anthony is ready to break things off. He's like, maybe this is you know maybe this is good actually because now I don't have to marry her and like if I don't marry her I don't have to see you ever again and blah blah yeah. blah and you know she was just told by her sister that her sister loves him so Kate pushes him to go forth with the wedding because she's like I can't we can't break my sister's heart that yeah. way I can't be the reason for my sister's yeah. heart being broken and I can't be the reason for your honor to be in jeopardy even though it is from day one. (laughs) (laughs) And she also says that whatever is between them will pass because it has to. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if she believes that herself that, you know, whatever they feel for each other will pass, but yeah. Anthony was so down bad for Kate that like he, she legit said, go marry another woman tomorrow. And he's like, yeah. I mean, he says like very well, but the way he says it again, very good with, the intonation and like yeah. what he puts i don't know acting i don't know acting but <laughs> he, he knows acting clearly because uh, yeah. the way he says that very well is just like really good and then he you know rides away and you just have that shot of kate like literally bawling <laughs> that broke my heart because yeah. like you know that she's like kate is selfless like you know that she's putting her own desires and her own happiness behind and like she would do whatever she wants for her sister and it's just like in that moment you see how much this is breaking her because she's always like such a strong woman you know and she always puts on a strong front so we get to episode six the choice (laughs) boy oh boy this is this was a this was a doozy (sighs) of an episode the the angstiest (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think, like, when I first watched the, the season, I, I, I think at this point of the season, I was still, like, there's no way they're gonna go with it. Like, there's no way, there's no way we're making it to the wedding day. Like, come on, like, something's gonna happen. This engagement's gonna be broken up. Something. We literally make it to the altar. (laughs) 
<laughs> vows are gonna be exchanged. Exchanged. Yeah. We literally make it to the moment where Antony is supposed to be I, Antony, Bridgerton, take yeah. you. <laughs> like, we literally make it to that second. Yeah. Anyways, before all of that, the episode begins with the Haldi ceremony. Yes, the Haldi scene. Um, yeah. Those, I mean, you saw it, so you know what it, what it is, basically. Um, and... It was, like, to a cover of, like, one of the most iconic songs ever from Cubby Cushy Cubby Gum, which is, like, ultimately famous, like, Bollywood movie. Um, and can I just say, like, just the idea of hearing Cubby Cushy Cubby Gum in, like, a Hollywood show, a Hollywood production was amazing. And, like, literally I was, like, tearing up. And my whole household literally had to stop doing what they were doing and just, like, actually listen. And we're like, oh, my gosh. It's oh, really listen. beautiful, too. The, yeah. the rendition and like you can find it on youtube uh yeah loved yeah. it i loved, loved it too it. although i don't like what we were seeing kate's like so sad and sh- as she's rubbing like the holdy on her sister and like her mom is like you know all about like you know he does he loves you he like adores you and then we also have Anthony on the side, like as the music's still playing, he's like with his brothers and like they're drinking you know, himself toasting. to death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, there are a f- there are a few moments here though that are you know I it's, Kate has this like good line about yeah. uh, you know about passion love. is fleeting, looks are fleeting, but uh, you know love is a connection of the soul or souls that yeah. dance or something like that. Um, yeah, and then and then you have uh, Anthony. I just love the line where Benedict is like, um, "Are like once once you're married, are you finally gonna stop talking about your duty?" And then Anthony's like, "Duty is like me reminding you of my duty as part of my duty." So no. <laughs> <laughs> but then also Benedict saying like, "Well." In the short while, we'll have like a, a, a tiny Antony to contend with, which will probably yeah. remind us of his duty as well. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved Benedict in this scene, like completely oblivious. Well, not oblivious to his whatever his brother is going through, but just not caring. <laughs> yeah, I think Benedict throughout this whole season, like he's uh-huh. so needed. I love him. Isn't it him too that says like, "Oh, you seem to uh, basically like fast forward everything at the moment, including your drinking." And he's like, "For the sake of your bride, I hope that the that the, the wedding night is not the same or something like that." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Antony is in his uh, angsty era, so yes. he's uh, very much like you know dark and broody and internal at this like point. Like he's going to his own funeral. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we get to the wedding day, um, and we have this scene of Antony uh, getting ready for his wedding, and uh, Daphne walks in because she knows what she saw. And I love that she's like, well, I'm late because I had my doubts that something would actually happen today. <laughs> I love her for that. I just loved her this whole yeah, season. The whole season. Um, but she does say something quite important. She says, I mourn for you, brother. All these decisions that you seem to make and then resent us for, though they do not make you worthy of your family's respect, they simply make us pity you. I was Some like, truth. ouch, ouch, yeah. but also facts. <laughs> yeah. Also facts. 
It was facts for sure. I thought that was going to be a moment for him too. Of realization. Yeah. I was like, this is the moment. Come on. Like, time is ticking. No, but then he sticks to this whole, like, my honor. Like, I'm a gentleman. Like, yeah. I have to do this. And, like, you know, he's doing this for the family he has and not the family he might want, which is simply heartbreaking. Take a shot every time Anthony Bridgerton says the word duty, honor, or gentleman in season two and you will be drunk. We get the scene with uh, Kate's Bengals. Yes. I was like... Edwina better not fucking take them. I was so freaking pissed. I was like, yeah. girl, take those bangles off your wrists now. They're not yours, bitch. I, yeah, girl. <laughs> the one thing you should keep for yourself. Yeah, but it's like, it's Kate, it's your mom's bangles. It's the one, maybe not the one thing you have of your mother, but your mom, like, she would want you to be wearing them at your wedding. And I know you don't ever see yourself getting married, but like, yeah. that's the one thing you have of your mom. Keep it for yourself. Yeah. Don't give everything to Edwina. Like, you've already given her so much. You're giving her... Like, you're mad. Literally. <laughs> but then Edwina is like, no, Kate, you wear them. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah <laughs> thank thank God. That's the last redeeming thing she did. I know. The whole season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're going to get, like, people to cancel us here. Well, I mean, let's make something clear. Like, Charithra, she did an, an amazing job. She like did. She was so convincing. You know, like, we're not talking about her as a person. She was amazing because, like, I believed so much in Edwina that I was genuinely frustrated and, like, yeah. angry with her. No, Charithra was really good as Edwina. I will say that. And I hope, like, if she's in the next season with her and the prince, which, spoiler, I mean, not spoiler, you guys already know that. We'll talk about but, it. But um, I would be down for it. Yeah, they would fit perfectly actually yeah the, the two sweet people together just living a life of sweetness together yeah i would i would watch it <laughs> we get to the wedding oh gosh anthony is standing watching uh kate walk down the aisle and you know that meme where it's like that is the moment he knew he fucked up <laughs> Yeah. That was Anthony in that scene, watching Kate <laughs> walk down the aisle and realizing that she is not the woman he is marrying today. His eyes, the way he had eyes only for her. And I thought it was like the, the intensity, in, like in which he looked at Kate. I feel like it made like the whole audience be like, "That's the bride." So they all turned around, right? Unless that was just like what you do at like a wedding. I guess you do look at everyone, but, like, this, the way he, like, looked at her, everyone was, like, they turned so quickly to look at who was walking down the aisle, and it was Kate. And I love that when it's Edwina walking down the aisle, both Kate and Anthony kind of, like, smile a little, but it's, like, kind of in, like, a brotherly-sisterly way. Like, it's kind of, it's, like, kind of in a proud parent kind of way. Like, you're not, like, it's not the intense stare that he had for Kate. You see no. the difference right away. Yeah. Uh, but it is nice to see both of them, like, smiling anyway, you know, because Edwina does look good and, you know, she looks happy. She's smiling. She, so, you know, both of them acknowledge that. So that that is cute of them. You know, it's not like so, so angsty that they can't recognize that it is a happy day for at least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> My note says, not only are they sick to take this engagement all the way to the wedding, but what they're really sick for is having Antony look directly at Kate the whole time and have him... Picture her as his bride instead of Edwina. <laughs> that was yeah. so bad. And, like, the way that you saw Violet and Daphne's face, too, like, right before, like, that whole, like, I guess, dream of having Kate as his bride. Like, they look miserable. They look like they 
like are at a funeral yeah was yeah. there not like in this time period was there not the whole like oh does anyone uh object object to this wedding <laughs> like was that not a thing <laughs> no but i feel like they know that anthony's pretty much resolved to you know have this as his fate um yeah how did you guys feel about the whole wedding s it should have been kate up there actually wearing wearing the wedding dress it was definitely angsty honestly i was really peeved the show did not give me a kate and anthony wedding well it was such a tease right because it's like we saw something like his vision of their wedding day but not the actual wedding day nor did we get the their actual first sex scene but we'll get into that um yeah i was like no fucking way that he is standing there about to recite his vows and all he's looking at is over edwina's shoulder or (laughs) head really because she's so short at straight at kate the whole time and she's looking right at him yeah, well, at first she was looking, like, at the wall because I guess she couldn't look at her sister and the man that she loved. But then she does lock eyes with him, and, like, you see the pain in her eyes, and I'm like, uh, stop this wedding now! And then we get an interesting moment. She's kind of toying around, like, anxiously with her bangles. Yeah. And one of them falls, and he picks it up now. He dives to pick it up as the the vows are about yeah. to, you know. He's get literally started. like, "Fuck this wedding! This is more important, actually." <laughs> <laughs> um, but am I wrong, or did I read somewhere that bangles are traditionally given to a bride by her future groom as a gift? Yeah. So that's significant in that way, like the fact that he picks it up and gives it back to her. Yeah. So if that's the case, then I think that that's a pretty nice touch little significance here if you know the context and like you know what it means uh for him to pick it up and give it back to her my my next note literally says so this is the episode i really start hating it (laughs) yes s how about you tell us what happens after he picks up the bangles so after the whole bangle little moment that's when edwina notices and finally realizes that they have eyes for each other. How is that the moment? Okay, to be honest, what in case she always, she saw it and it's like maybe at the back of her mind, but like it finally she can no longer ignore it. Maybe like maybe those little looks that she had that like, you know, her confusion or moments of doubt that we saw, like maybe she always knew, but she didn't want to put a name to it. And then she ends up running away. She says that she can't, she can't go through with it or she needs a moment or something like that. Right. Yeah. And then she ends up running off. Her mom chases her. And I thought for a second that Anthony was going to go after her. Mm. I thought that that was going to continue, you know, Um, but he doesn't. And and then Kate realizes that she should go after her sister. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not 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 before looking at, uh, you know, she looks at Anthony first yeah. and then she's like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I, I have sh- to go. Maybe I should. Yeah. <laughs> and she runs off and that's when they go into the room and Edwina's like losing it. And, and insults her sister. Sorry, her half sister. <sighs> God, that uh. was so unnecessary and cruel. The fact that she actually said half sister like that made... Yeah. That made me feel some type of way and it made my blood boil. And then kind of I felt that Mary kind of pushed her away as well. 
hated her. That that was my yeah. moment where I'm like, okay, no, like, like I had hate. Because, like, you know Kate has put her all into this family. And, like, yeah. you know, like, her intentions were good. And, of course, like, she didn't think about the repercussions if her sister were found out. But it's, like, just the idea of her sister that she loves so much calling her her half-sister. Whereas, like, Mary, like, before that moment never differentiated between her daughters and like never made them feel less or like made Kate feel like she wasn't a Sharma or like she was unwanted in any moment until like you know up until that point and it's just like it's so heartbreaking before this moment uh and Dwina is just like you know mild annoyance just at the fact that she's not she seems like completely unaware of what's going on and like you know is falling in love with this dude that she doesn't even know but you can't really blame her for that because you know they are keeping it from her so you know how would she know you know for her she's just trying to fall in love with this guy that she's supposed to marry which is like you know a good thing you know she's open to to the idea of him Mm -hmm. um but from this moment on because during that scene she makes it sound like it was a selfish choice on Kate's part, mm-hmm. which pisses me off because it couldn't be further from the truth. Because yeah. the actual truth of the matter is that Kate was ready to throw away her shot at happiness and at love with this guy for her sister. Yeah. And for that to be twisted into something cruel, you know, she literally says, um, like, I'm not, I'm not the cruel one here, implying that Kate is being cruel, which is like, what the actual F? Yeah. I wasn't happy with that. And then, yeah, like that, that scene ends with um, Mary telling Kate, like, go away. And then yeah. it breaks my heart because... Kate has no one and nowhere to go. She's for comfort. Like, she is utterly alone in that moment. Her life is falling apart around her. Her sister just called her half-sister when she's never done that before. Her mom is not even comforting her or asking questions. She's telling her, go away. You're like, you're not needed or necessary here. Kate finds herself in the closet. She throws her bangles to the floor in anguish, falls down, and starts crying because she's literally alone. Well, I mean, first off, she leaves the room, sees Antony, like, running up the stairs. She's like, oh, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> then goes into the closet by herself. But yeah, um, it's so sad. It really broke my heart. It, yeah, it was like... She breaks down, like, she's been holding everything in for, like, the longest time ever, and, like, you can actually see, like, the guilt weighing on her when she, like, falls down on the ground and starts sobbing. You just feel how alone she is in that moment. And then I hate the show for not necessarily allowing us to live in that moment because we're making it sound like it's all very cohesive and stuff here because we're mostly just talking about the Bridgerton bits, but, like... Keep in mind that this is, like, cutting in and out of, like, other stuff, nonsense that's happening with, like, the Featheringtons and stuff. So, I really yeah. hate that, like, this, this like, following this is, like, something else. And I'm like, are you kidding me that our leads are just, are going through this right now? And you're cutting to something else that's happening yeah. with, like, the Featherington nonsense? 
Like, I was disrespected in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> I felt disrespected. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's not even cutting to, like, something of the same intensity. It's literally, like, cutting to them, like, talking about fake rubies or something like that. Yeah, like, they're, you know, at, at the in the gardens, like, walking around, like, trying to figure out, like, what's the scoop? Like, what actually happened to, like, oh, right. you know. Like, I'm like, this... Are we really cutting to this right now when Kate is crying in a closet upstairs all by herself? Yeah. Really? So Anthony does talk to Edwina <laughs> and he says my favorite fucking sentence in the whole yeah. world. I understand you. I sympathize with you. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I loved every cruel second of that. Yeah, because she really does ask him, like, point blank, Edwina, like, do you love me? And he's like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I was going to say, but, like, he does, like, mention their, their standing in society. Like, yeah. she's the diamond, and, like, he's the Viscount, and it just makes sense. Like, that's how he worded their relationship. And Edwina was, like, I guess under the impression that, like, love will grow. Um, yeah. But... No, like that was never. We know from the beginning that was never at all his intention with. Edwina. But she knew that too. There's a moment where she realizes, like she mentioned something. I think she believed him. Maybe not in love with her, but at least interested. You know the way he yeah. puts it. It's like he's not really interested in her at all. I mean, she literally says, "Like, do you want this wedding or do you want me?" And there's a huge difference here because he wants the wedding. He just wants to get it over with and have a Viscountess. He doesn't want her. Uh, which then she questions like, well, what hap- What about Kate? And I'm like, wait a minute. Well, I mean, first of all, he says, and, and here are my notes. The thorn easily removed from our lives. Anthony Bridgerton, my knife is ready to find your chest. Yeah. <laughs> that is what he says of Kate after she asks what of my sister i was confused with that as well the way he worded it i mean i think he clearly is just trying to convince himself like you really think it's gonna be that easy i also think it's a reference if i remember correctly when he's um in an earlier episode uh you know like they're getting shaved and yeah i think he's he's he calls kate a rose or something about thorns like he's like every rose has thorns or something like that yeah um so i wonder if it's a small reference to that that he's like once again calling her a thorn but i was like anthony fucking bridgerton why you're talking about her that way yeah i did not like it anyways me either my next point was that their exchange kind of ends with like a question up in the air and i was like edwina your sister just revealed to you that she is in love with this man and you're honestly still considering marrying him? Well, what she's the not fuck? Kate. She's not Kate. She's selfish. I know. I was like, you, you're you the one that sounds cruel and selfish here when your sister just revealed something so huge like that, that she clearly loves this man. You're going to go through with it? And then what? Just never see her ever again? How? I don't know. Like, okay, I think how I saw that scene is more like Edwina has never had to live a life of hardship. Like, Kate's always made sure she had everything for her. Like, she had no struggle in her life. So she doesn't really understand, like, what Kate had given up. And, like, she doesn't understand at all, like, what hardship could be like. So, Antony and Kate 
find themselves in that closet together. <laughs> yes. They have a little moment. Lots of breathing, once again. Well, this is after she decides to pick herself back up and put the bangles on. And right. then she sees Anthony. Yeah, I love mm. that she comes out of the closet, like, walks away, sees him, panics, runs back. And then he's <laughs> like, no, 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 no. We're having, we're, we're having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you run after her. Anybody wants to talk about the moment in the closet? Or... I mean, despite everything Anthony says about her being this thorn that was removed, he still can't bring himself to let her go. She's about to leave, and he just does not let her go. He holds on with, like, all of his strength and does not let her go. So, like I said, it's like a, it's a fight between his heart and his mind. And he, he wants Kate, but the situation is so fucked right now that I don't even, I don't know. <laughs> Kate goes back to Edwina. Uh, this time Mary's absent. And yeah. uh, Edwina literally says, if I choose to go through with this wedding, it will have nothing to do with you. And I'm like, bitch, what the fuck? How? It's fucked up. That's fucked up. You know she loves him. I know. And you're like, if I go through with it, it has nothing to do with you. Like, you know, you had nothing to do with it. I'm still going to go through because I want it. And it's like, who's the selfish one now? Exactly. You are just selfish and, like, not thinking about anyone else. You're definitely not Kate. Yeah. It's just, like, it's heartbreaking. To, like, again, I'm going back to, like, everything that Kate has sacrificed means nothing to Edwina at all. Like, nothing. And I, like, I yeah. understand. Edwina is rightfully hurt. I understand it. I get it. Her own sister that she thought, you know, they were really close with never told her this. But it's just, like... When you're angry, you don't think about what you say or what you do, I guess. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's just so heartbreaking. It's not like Kate did any of that for her own personal interests. Yeah, I Then know. you could call her selfish. But she's getting nothing out of this. She's losing everything mm-hmm. by having you go through with it. And then she's, yeah. yet she's still choosing that for yeah. your sake. It pisses me off. And then, and then Edwina starts scheming. Sending word to uh, Antony, making him think that it's Kate. Then sending word to Kate, making her think it's Antony. Both of them are in the chapel and she appears. And I'm like, what was that? Why would you do that? Just say, I want to talk to you. Why make them believe that the other has sent word? Like that's and that's a, am I am I the only one thinking that that's a little effed up? No, she's being conniving. That's effed up. Yeah. Like who's playing games now? Why would and then you she do has that? The gall to be like I'm like like I don't know. She didn't say it in this way, but she's basically saying like I'm the one that's winning. Like you guys, you know, blah 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 blah. Yeah. But it's just like the way she did it and the way she went about it. I'm like, girl, you're not winning. You. Yeah, she's like, this is victory enough for me. I'm like. Why is anyone? Why does anyone need to win? Like, yeah, this is not a game. This is your life. This is everyone's yeah. life, happiness. Why are we playing games with everyone's happiness? And and not only is she conniving, scheming behind the scenes to get them there, but then she's doing that just to show up and bitch on them some more. But together yeah, exactly. this time, not separately. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? This is not the Edwina I know and that I loved in the book. I know. And that was one of my, like I said, the biggest gripes in the series was like, I loved Edwina in the books. I thought she was an amazing character. She's the biggest Cantonese supporter. And then in here, she's like a totally different person. She's not the Edwina we know. She literally says something about like, she says to Kate something like, now you, you don't have power 
you lo- yeah. you've lost your power i'm like in using the word po- power implies that like at least to me that that kate was being a little bit of a tyrant you know like mm-hmm. playing puppeteer and like yeah. pulling the strings and like controlling and you know power means like i don't know it's it's a it's a very bizarre word to use here for me because it just makes what kate was doing by protecting her sister it like paints it in a very negative uh light like a very ill light you know what i mean like it's just power dynamics are bizarre here but maybe like in that i'm playing devil's advocate here but maybe for edwina that's how she saw it like maybe she was in a way a tyrant in the sense where like she was like the the master player like putting all these pieces together um in her head like that's where she sees kate and then now she has no power because, like, the blinders have been lifted off from Edina. And she knows exactly what's happening and what isn't happening. But here's the question. The only real choice that Kate took away from Edwina, I guess, is the fact that they went to, to London for a season. Besides that, Edwina chose Antony all on her own. Why are you acting like she pushed you towards Antony that she pushed you towards marrying him it was all your decisions all along Kate literally just went along with it because she thought that that would make you happy therefore she went along with it like why are you acting like somehow Kate was planning this behind the scene this this the scene like of course she wasn't of course she didn't plan on any of this she didn't plan on her own feelings and if anything you pushed Kate towards Antony yeah yeah for sure (laughs) And, like, I hate when she, like, literally calls out Kate and she's, like, you're, like, you pushed all the things you wanted onto me, blah, 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 and now I'm going to make my own decisions. Like, that's great for you and I'm happy, like, you're having this, like, this learning experience for yourself, but, like, the way that you made Anthony and Kate feel, obviously, yes, I understand what they did was wrong. Don't act like you had no part in it. Yeah. You know, we're not saying that they're blameless, obviously, but you also played a part in it. You were all involved in it. You all did wrong. And now you're acting like, you know, I don't know. It. Anyways, moving on. S, what happens after that when she leaves? <laughs> Finally. Oh, between Kate and, yes. yeah. and Anthony. They talk and they discuss about their feelings. And then they, I believe Kate... She says goodbye. Yeah, they're they're saying goodbye that they're gonna end it like that's it, nothing's gonna happen, and then they're like magnets, and then they crash, and then they smoosh, and then this <laughs> is their first kiss, right? Finally, yeah, yes, and it's explosive because they literally like crash into each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's at a church too. It's inside before a church. God, <laughs> just like a husband and a and a wife or a bride and a groom in mm-hmm. front of God and all his. Uh, disciples um yeah 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 they were married in that moment spiritually sexually i didn't believe it actually happened i really thought it was it like was it another dream i don't know i was like (laughs) it was real and it was like magnificent yeah they finally kiss at this point in the season we have been waiting for this for a while they have so many like almost kisses where they're literally breathing air into each other's mouth, but, like, not quite kissing. <laughs> but finally they do. 
And it was glorious. And and I do appreciate that we really linger on that. Like they, they that kiss was long. <laughs> In the, in, the, in the greatest way. It was a great scene. I like the way her hands are in his hair. Mm. It was hot. It was a hot first kiss. Yeah. They didn't, like, make it overly sexual, which I think is because it's happening in a church. That'd be a little... <laughs> <laughs> a little wrong, perhaps. Um, but, yeah, and that's literally how the episode finishes, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it ends with that kiss. Backtrack. I think backtrack a little bit. What did you girls think about that whole scene with the queen and oh, right. Edwina and, like, the king? I felt like they were trying to, like, make Edwina seem likable again. Yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> it seemed, it was a little weird. I, I got that vibe, too. The scene is beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. out of context. Like, I, I do love that Edwina steps in and, like, says, you know, something to, to make him feel good, you know, because he's about to, he's feeling quite lost and you know probably on the verge of of something um and the queen looks a little like distressed that this is happening you know amongst company that are perhaps Mm -hmm. most definitely not aware of the king's condition yeah um so i do love that edwina like you know makes it makes it sound like this is their wedding day and he's got to go get some rest to, to be prepared for their wedding day and you know, she plays along with it, which I think, yes, like that does serve to like, you know, remind us that she's supposed to be this kind hearted, uh, you know, perfect girl that always know what to do and what to say. But yeah. uh, at this point, I'm so mad that I don't I, like it didn't it didn't do anything for me. My takeaway from that scene was um, like just the queen in general, like from the beginning of the season we see her as like the strong pillar that like holds this country together and then you, you're kind of like reminded of like this vulnerability that she has and like the man that she loves you know is it, there but he's not actually there like she struggles a lot with that and I feel like I guess it allows us to empathize with her a bit because I like and not that I forgot that her husband has Alzheimer's but like I just, like, of course, we didn't see him all season, so I thought that was important to include. Yeah. Do you feel like the queen was more nuanced as a character in season one than season two? <laughs> I only watched season one the one time. She felt very flaky to me in this season. Like She was just, all about Lady Whistledown this season. Yeah, but then, like, one minute she's, like, planning for someone to be with someone else, and then, like, the next minute she has this, like, tender moment or whatever, and then, you know, like, I don't know, it was... I didn't. I couldn't like quite get a, a grip on her and where she's at and who she yeah. is in this season. It was a little bizarre for me. She was do there. Do you think <laughs> the prequel series with the Queen? Do you think it's gonna be like a flashback, like slash like going back in the past, coming back into like the present time? Do you think that's gonna happen, or is it? Do you think it's just gonna be like a prequel? Series? No, I think it's just a prequel series. Um, I mean, her love story is bound to be like quite romantic i'm i have to admit i don't know much about queen charlotte and like that actual story but i mean she does say they have 15 kids and i know that they did love each other so you know maybe like an epic love story in the making i don't know does she have a book or no no the queen's not even in the series like the book series oh she's not no I just, like, I'm curious as to why Edwina and the Queen have so many scenes together. And, like, they seem to, like, connect on a level that 
we don't see at all with the queen. Yeah. This is a this I remember this being a little bit of a gripe for me in this episode. Kind of like I mentioned uh when she when Kate is in the closet, I hated how we we like cut away from that in such an, an important moment. I felt like we were spending so much time like what's how does Edwina feel about this and like what's yes. Edwina doing in this moment and like what does she think you know like I was like she's not the main character here like why are we cutting away from my main characters who are going through shit like I'm sorry yeah. I, I I'm all I'm down for like a scene where we see how Edwina reacts like of course but why do we keep going going back to her this is not the Edwina episode as as far as yeah I know. <laughs> um, but, like, again, this shows that Edwina had another, like, outlet in a way. Like, she was able to talk to the queen about what she's going through as well because the queen wanted to know if she was going to go through with the wedding or not. But then also, like like you said, Kate had no one. And I kind of would have liked to see a scene with maybe even Lady Danbury and Kate, you know, like her having a heart-to-heart with Lady Danbury. But I do yeah. like that we got to see Lady Danbury and Lady Violet mend their relationship as well. Like, they just died of laughter. <laughs> Love that scene. <laughs> They're just like I don't I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, it's so fun to see such like poised, you know, women that usually know exactly what's up and what they're gonna do, and they always yeah. have a plan. And both of them are just like, I'm lost for word. Like I don't, I don't know how we're gonna get out of this one. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Moving to episode seven, harmony. Well, the episode starts off with um, Edwina still being very much icy towards her sister and not at all, like, willing to mend that relationship anytime soon. And Kate is obviously struggling with that. Um, Mary is, like, she's talking to Kate, of course, and, like, she's telling her, like, you know, it takes time. Like, just just hold on. But then the Sharmas and the Bridgertons are also, like, suffering a lot um, in the public eye because of, like, the scandal that ensues from, you know, the wedding not happening. And they are shunned. Is that not bizarre, though? I really thought they were above scandals like that. That was pretty scandalous. Like, I mean, is it? It was just a wedding that ended? I mean, maybe it's... I don't know. Like, I didn't think it was that. But back then, that was scandalous. Like, weddings, like, no matter what, they happen. If they don't happen, then something's wrong with you. But they were such a huge family and so, like, highly regarded that I really didn't didn't think that anything yeah. could truly... Because even when the whole Colin thing was revealed, like, people still talked to them. Like, people still wanted to get invites to Bridgerton House. Like, it didn't... So I feel like that was much more scandalous than, like, Maybe because he's, like, the patriarch of the Bridgerton family. Maybe. That... There has to be something wrong with him if this wedding didn't go through. Or because the queen was hosting it, maybe? Yes. Yeah, that could be it, too. That makes sense. Even though it would have been in her interest to try to squash that rumor before it gets out. But I guess she didn't, so. Or, like, spin it in a way where it's like, oh, no, it was, you know, both sides were totally in agreement that it just not, wasn't going to happen. Well, Whatever. I mean, she she did it, but a little bit but too afterwards, late, but it's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so 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 what happens? Because both of them are like nobody's talking to us. So that happens and then Violet uh suggests um maybe co-hosting a ball uh to prove that this wedding uh doesn't affect the relationship and it was a mutual decision. 
as well as public outings together. <laughs> Where Kate and Anthony are to be a p- like on either side of the room at all yes. times. <laughs> they need to stay away from each other for this to work. And this discussion comes about as Newton comes in and um, Kate bends down and her like her her bosom is in Anthony's face and he just cannot look away. <laughs> And he sniffs her twice yeah. in that scene. He he yeah. stays real cl- real close. Like he could have, you know, they didn't have to be that close. But then both of them are very close, and then they stay there. <laughs> and that's when Edwina goes, "Was I really that blind?" But like I said, they're like magnets. They just gravitate towards each other. Yeah. And then what does Edwina? Okay, Edwina's line was hilarious because like she's so like dumb. They wrote her so dumb. She's like. Was I really this blind? I'm like, yes, you were. They yeah. were like this from the you beginning. You were. And, like, Lady Denbury's and, and, and Violet's face says it all. Yeah, yeah. you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were. So he sniffs her. Oh, I, I wrote, this is the episode where Anthony Bridgerton sniffs her constantly. <laughs> he literally does not stop sniffing her. It was... He is such an animal. And Lady Denbury is having none of it. None of it. It was so primal. And so hot, yeah. and I couldn't handle it. As how did you feel about the sniffing? It was great. I love the sniffing. Very horny. <laughs> this is something that you know we we were used to reading stuff like that in books. Yeah. But I never in a million years imagined seeing that kind of behavior on screen. Yeah. And I, I loved it. I lived for it. I'm yeah. still living for it. I love it. Like, the idea... Okay, so this is something that happens in Turkish shows all the time. Like, where the men become obsessed with her scent. Like, they are sniffing uh-huh. her all the time. So, like, I love seeing it. I don't know why. It's just, like, I guess a trope that I developed. And I absolutely love it. And, like, you mentioned in the first episode, it's just, like, it's very much, like, it's giving me Westcliff vibes with Lillian. And I love it. I just love the sniffing. Give me more everywhere. Yeah. And again, like he's so good because when they're at the the art gallery thing, (laughs) when he sniffs her, there's like that. It's like a fraction of a second where he's got the tiniest little smile, like the tiniest little smile. But like it's it just it speaks volume. I love it. It's so small. The changes in his face, but it says everything. He's like, mm, so good. But then he opens his eyes. <laughs> well, Lady, Lady Denver is like, <laughs> no, but what was funny, like during that scene when they're all talking, like concocting a plan, Lady Danbury literally uses her stick to like move them apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a very Lady Danbury thing to do. Like in the books, she would constantly be using her cane to like whack people and i love it like, push people away <laughs> and like she was very yeah aggressive with her cane we love to see it uh what i did mention though is um the, it's another easter egg from the book when they arrive at the art gallery because he's got flowers for everyone for mary mm. kate and edwina yeah. obviously it doesn't turn out the way that it does in the book but no. i do love that little nod at the fact that he does do that in the book yeah and it's roses, which, if I remember correctly, Kate's favorite flower, flowers are roses. Was it roses or was it tulips? I think it's roses in the books. 
like she's something like she's never really seen roses or something like that like she was very fascinated with unless i'm making that up and that's another book but i'm pretty sure her favorite flowers are roses i remember i just i remember the discussion like they had that she never really received flowers before so they're at the art gallery they're not supposed to look at each other talk to each other come into contact with each other breathe the same air and yet so anthony decides <laughs> to walk with mary right yeah and I love, I love this one moment, like, Anthony actually apologizes to Mary, yeah. um, who actually acknowledges in that moment that she put too heavy a burden on Kate, and I thought that was so important. And his reaction, he's, like, a little in shock, like, he, I don't know, there's, there's something happens for him when she says that. Yeah, I loved that scene, because, like, he needed to do that, and he did, and, like, yeah. I, I don't know, I just love Anthony, guys, I can't put my words <laughs> Then my words don't come out when it comes to Anthony. If they ever do an adaptation of It Happened One Autumn, they should cast Jonathan Bailey as Marcus. He would do a great Marcus. I feel like he kind of looks like what Marcus looks like in my head. Yes, but like I said, I always picture Luke Evans, but I'm I'm open to that being changed. I don't know. He he's definitely like the kind of guy I was picturing when I was picturing Marcus. Anyways, Anthony Bridgerton does not understand the assignment. And <laughs> no. He you see him quickly like looking because uh, he sees Edwina leave, and then he turns around, sees that the mothers are otherwise occupied, and then quickly he zeroes in on Kate. <laughs> And he goes up to her and he's like talking to her from the other side of the statue. Because <laughs> no, he's like, um, we need to talk about it. And then she's like, there's nothing to talk about. There was no yeah. kiss. And then he literally like walks like out from the statue. And he's, he's like, are like, you kidding me? Yeah. He's like shocked. He's like, what are you talking yeah. about? That kiss. It was like life changing. It was like epic. It was everything. And People like, died. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like. And then she's like, there's not, like, there's no world in which that, you know, we could kiss in his heart. Like, it looks like it's shattered. And he's like, great. Like, what, what do I do now? You know, he did it to her earlier in the season when yeah. she wanted to talk about something that had happened. And he goes, like, nothing happened. Yes. So she did it back. Okay. It was yeah. payback for what he did to her. Yeah, she used his exact words, and I felt like he needed to feel that. And, like, the fact that we never got a discussion about, like, Kate's face, you know, during that, like, proposal scene. I just, like, I wish someone had mentioned, like, you know, you broke her heart. Like, I know someone looked at Kate. If anyone looked at Kate, it would have been Daphne, for sure, um, during that scene. Oh, we never got it. for sure. Daphne <laughs> Daphne was zeroing in on all those expressions. <laughs> She had, and she was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going back home. I, I can't, I can't be doing this no more. Yeah, yeah she's like, I'm done. I'm going home to my husband and my child. Which is why she doesn't. She's not there at the Bridgerton ball. She's like, I can't, I can't be doing yeah, this. Yeah, she's probably like, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nobody shows up at the Bridgerton yeah. ball, which at first I was kind of shocked. I was like, wow nobody i I was kind of feeling a little like secondhand embarrassment (laughs) yeah but then it turned into a really cute scene and i i did love that scene yes so um anthony takes it upon himself to gather everybody and decides to dance he calls hyacinth yeah hyacinth right that's hyacinth and she gets all excited to dance with him and then Gregory comes down. Oh, Gregory is so cute. Um, yeah. He is. And they all get into a circle and they're all holding hands. For a country and then they start dance. Doing their little, yeah, they start doing their little dance. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was really cute. Made made my heart all feel all warm. It's going down as like one of my favorite comfort scenes ever. Mm-hmm. You can really feel that for a moment. Uh, they are truly in harmony, uh, and yeah. everything that's happened doesn't matter in that one moment. They're just having fun with each other, and uh, yeah, it's it's a beautiful scene. I really love it. I love every time the Bridgertons are together, but uh, there was there's something s- truly special about that one scene, especially because it's happening amidst so much drama that it's like mm-hmm. we needed that moment of pause, that moment of connection mm-hmm. to see... These two families mesh pretty well, actually. They do. And I just love that moment when Kate and Anthony actually finally get to dance with each other. And, like, they're laughing and smiling. And, like, they feel so light. Like, they appear like they have no worries, like you said, in that moment. Yeah. And, like, I just love, like, seeing them in that way. But I also love that it, it doesn't focus on them as if they are a romantic couple in that, in no. that scene. It focuses yeah. on them very much, like, the, the emphasis is on family. Yes. And they're they're connecting together as like two families coming together. Um it's really not and, and I, I love that. I, I like yeah, I no, really no, didn't think sure. it'd be something that I would love that they're not focused on as if like they are the romantic pair here. Look, they just they're dancing together right now. It's really much like, no, everyone's dancing with everyone. You know? No, no, no. But like what I'm saying is like the way that they look to each other and yeah. like I just love that. And like by the end of the dance, like they're like really close to each other. Like they look like they're like they're already married for like 10 years and they're about to go in for a kiss. But then Edwina like they weren't actually going in for a kiss, but they were just really close. But like Edwina looks over and then like, they just pull apart and like the, the happiness kind of goes yeah, a little bit in that moment. And when it rains, it pours because <laughs> we get... The lady, the latest lady whistle down uh, issue, which we didn't mention this at all, but uh, Eloise at some point uh, gets accused of being lady whistle down by the queen, and she's basically <laughs> mm-hmm. threatened to da- death. <laughs> you know, not yeah, quite, but basically, and, like, absolute ruin of the Bridgerton family. Yeah, and um, just as they're finishing up the dance, uh, they get the the like I said, the latest uh, whistle down issue. In it, uh, Penelope, we're really not liking Penelope this season, but Penelope reveals that uh, Eloise had uh, going-ons with uh, a certain Theo Sharp at the printer. No, it was press. that um, she had she was part of like progressive Oh, like, right. Movement. She doesn't mention Theo. Radical right, movements right. are not yeah. progressive. <laughs> So, yeah. That was messed up for her to do that to her. The fact that you do that to your best friend, and, like, in Penelope's perspective, she believes that she was protecting her best friend, but Mm -hmm. you ruined her. Like, you honestly ruined her in society. Yeah. Uh, Antony goes off looking pissed. And then there's a moment that I do not understand, because we, we get this, like, very short, brief encounter or conversation between Edwina and Kate, where... yeah. Kate basically says, like, we should go home, this, like, this is cruel or something. Which I guess, like, what she means is, like, we should go home and let the Bridgertons, like, you know, deal with with the situation by themselves. Like, they probably don't want us here right now. Yeah. Which is, like, fair enough. (laughs) You have a point. What I don't understand is Edwina's reaction. Like, she literally tells her that she's that edwina says i'm not the cruel one here and she she basically tells kate that kate is the less kinder hearted one of the two and i'm like yeah 
why did that turn into that? Like, I don't understand her reaction. I don't know. I mean, like, I guess you kind of make everything a battle when you're fighting, I guess, with your sibling. I don't know. But <sighs> anyways, it leads to a great scene. Kate leaves, exasperated with her sister, and she meets Anthony in the garden. Yeah, from this moment on, the rest of my the rest of my notes for this episode are all in caps. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> Everything is screaming, exclamation points, all caps, losing my mind. Basically, people died, aka I am people. I died. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag me. Uh, hashtag finally. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. Uh, we love a gazebo. Yes. Evil sex. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, what happened, Saf? Well, Anthony and Kate <laughs> meet each other again, and they have a discussion, and they start bantering again. He calls her like obstinate and flexible, and he even admits that even though his family hates him, and he's like they're on the brink of ruin. That's really sad that the fact that he says i'm pretty sure my siblings hate me and my mother too i'm like are we not gonna linger on that moment that feeling that he's harboring inside of them really (laughs) that's sad i don't know it's just like it was really sad that he said that but then he continues on and he says like um he finds like the only reason like what was it again how did he word it well first off he says i've never met anyone like you yes and then he said... Just read it out. I know, I know you have it out. Yeah, oh, girl, I have it. He says, all I find myself thinking about, oh, all I find myself being able to breathe for is you. And this is the... the this, yeah. If you've listened to part one, I mentioned how um, Violet... Sorry, I forgot her name for a second there. Violet told him in one of the flashbacks that when uh, Edmund died, she, she says, like, there's no air anymore. Like, I can't breathe. He was my reason to breathe. And then I also mentioned, like, that that makes sense for all the emphasis on breathing to, throughout the show. And then here he is saying she is the reason he breathes for and the way he just like breathed the word like breathe and like you the way he said it i was like the delivery here is impeccable stunning amazing fantastic academy award never seen before (laughs) amazing like 10 out of 10 give them all the awards that's it but even like he even like I'm saying even a million times, but like my brain keeps even like keep... he even the but like he even though he even <laughs> <laughs> no, but he says that he would run away like he was thinking of like yeah. running away with Kate and like leaving yeah. all of these problems behind like that's where he's at mentally at this point and I'm like Anthony Bridgerton, mm-hmm. I love you, and then he. Sniffs her again. <laughs> he sniffs her hard. Hard. Uh, he really goes in for that sniff, though. He's not even being subtle about it anymore. No. Uh, and the way he says, lilies. <laughs> and I love that little nod Oof. because I, I think I vaguely re- remember her actually smelling like lilies. Yeah, sh- her soap is literally lilies. Oh, okay. There you go. No, no, I mean, like, in the book. Like, I think oh. I remember oh, her I actually smelling that. like lilies. I Maybe. I don't know why I remember the weirdest details, but I think it's Lily's. It's just the way he says Lily's to be. He could, he could have said anything, garbage can, <laughs> in that voice, <laughs> and I would have been like, "Oh my gosh!" And yeah, it was can. like delivery. <laughs> it really was. 
<laughs> and then I love how he kept saying, like, you just need to stop. Like, just stop because I can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have this, like, whole exchange where he's, he's like, you need to stop. Then she's like, no, you need to stop, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, and then and then she says, um, uh, basically that uh, everything she's always done is for her family. And then he says, "Yeah." And the way he says, "Yeah,", yeah. I love it. I love it because you understand that, like, yeah, he perfectly understands what she means. They understand each other in that sense. They uh-huh. really do. And then and then she says, "You are the one who must stop." And then he says, "Before what?" And then she, and then he says, "Before we both do something for ourselves." I know, and that's like and it like, hit you. Finally, yeah. y'all are realizing something here. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I think that whole exchange, that whole dialogue, perfect, was just like amazingly done and like amazingly like well put together, uh-huh. like with every single word. It was just done so well. Yeah, and then he looks really intense. He looks really tense. He's really trying his hardest to, you know, um, bring his honor to the forefront here. You can see that last thread of honor snapping in front of your eyes. And he says, please go inside. And then she doesn't. And then he says, go inside. We know he wanted to go inside. Inside her. (laughs) Girl, the way I fucking died. The the way he says, go inside. I think I ascended. I think in that moment... (laughs) My soul left my body. I ceased to exist at that point. I was like, Bridgerton? No, I live and breathe Bridgerton. It's my religion now. This the, I, this moment is my religion now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... Wow. And then obviously she follows that with, what did I tell you about giving me orders? Yeah. And that is when they crash. Again, <laughs> they literally every time they come together, they crash. That's the that's the enemies to lovers dynamic. It's crashing yes. into each other. It's yeah. there's just it's it's the forces that they've been trying to avoid that they can no longer ignore, and it pulls them together so hard that they crash into each other. Yeah, and I love uh. my man Anthony in this moment because he legit like you know honor gone. He lifts her skirt up and like actually like starts touching her. He's- yeah there and he's like nope nope i can't i can't and he backs away he does say that he's like i'm i need to stop and she's like please stop but did you guys notice i swear to god he growls he growls just before he says i need to stop and i'm like people always say that men in real life can't growl that was a growl that was a growl men can growl i'm sorry let's see (laughs) <laughs> I need to prove to everyone that there's a growl in there. No, I believe you because he's very, like we said throughout this whole time of us talking about this series, he is very animalistic and primal. Yeah. I can really see him growling. So delicious. I rewinded probably about 30 times that one scene, like that one moment. Did you hear that? That's a growl. I'm sorry. Can you rewind and play it again? (laughs) I need to prove a point, okay? For science. It was like a groan. Like, he's like, ugh, I can't do this. 
but I love it. It's perfect. They were so hot, I physically cannot. And the way he brings her hand to his mouth mm. just then, there. Love it. Yeah. My man has a thing for fingers in his mouth, and I applaud him for that. I appreciate yeah. that. They're so hot. Yeah. And the way he ate her out, guys, I could not handle. I love how we're just watching this now. <laughs> <laughs> we're all just entranced. <laughs> And he finally got to touch up her thigh and caress it and worship yeah. it like he wanted to. This man was like, yeah. And I love their hands here. Oh. Yeah. This. He grabs her hand. That was a good moment, I think. We're just staring, not saying anything. <laughs> I'm glad our listeners are getting a little concert <laughs> in the middle of this. Just I appreciate the music, the music and the the breathing, the heavy breathing and the moaning. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the discussion here. Do you think they actually had sex? No, they didn't. He just went okay. down on her. But do you think that was it? Yeah, I mean, he kept his pants on. Like, how how can you have sex? But what in case they did? Like, he just you know, like unbuttoned his pants. No, I th I think he just I think that was it. Like he just did that. If if they had had sex, they would have come on. They would have shown that they were having sex. But would they though? I feel like they really like didn't show anything this season. Yeah, we can talk about that later on, or maybe we can talk about it now. To be perfectly honest, uh, did you miss the sex? I didn't miss it. I feel like the sex happened a lot in the first series that, like, I felt like it happened too much. Whereas in this one, I feel like it didn't happen enough. Uh, I think the tension makes up for it. Mm. Mm. I think and a lot things. of people feel that way. So. I mean, listen, season one, some people complained uh, about the amount of sex, which... And, and, okay, here's the thing. The way that the showrunners talk about it, talk, talk about the difference between season one and season two they say that season one was the they called it the education of Daphne Bridgerton she didn't know anything about sex and that was a huge part of that story yeah. so it made sense uh to have more sex as part of the plot because she needed to discover herself her pleasure what that yeah. means how it happens blah 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 here it wasn't so much the point um which I understand mm-hmm and I didn't need it to the extent that, you know, of, of like, season one. But yeah, I, I did feel like what we did get was very kind of, like, it jumped all over the place. Like, it wasn't very a, a continuous kind of scene. It was very much like, this shot, this shot, this shot, this shot. Yes. 
and you, you know it's all very hot shots don't get me wrong but it's like can we linger for me it's it's very much about the, the lingering on the shots <laughs> if you yeah. haven't put that together yet this episode yeah. I just feel like I wanted them to linger in that moment and have us linger in that moment with them because like you know we've waited for this for a very long time at this point did I miss it a little bit yeah <laughs> I could I could have done with more. I could, yeah, I could have done with more too. More. But like I said, I feel like their sexual tension was so palpable. At like at this point, I felt like I should not be watching what I was watching. So I was like, "Damn, you guys are like masterful <laughs> at your craft." Like the intimacy coaches really like did it. They did mm-hmm. it well. No, yeah. If if you pause on pretty much every single one of those shots, it's hot. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. You just need, I guess, because they don't have you linger on them, you just pause and you just take it in at your own rhythm and then <laughs> in yeah. your own time and your own space and then you can continue on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, maybe like one more scene. Like, I'm, I really mourn the fact that we didn't get their first sex scene, like actual sex, penetrative sex, to be perfectly clear with everyone. Yes. Um, especially because it's such a big scene in the book. I get it. Uh, Kate's lack of, you know, self-confidence is not really a thing here um, in yeah. the TV series. But, like, y'all remember that, that dialogue, that that, uh, that monologue, sorry, that Antony has in the book when they first have sex? I have it. It's the whole burn for you thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I have it. I have it. Because someone didn't believe that I burn for you was from, like, originally um, Anthony and Kate. So I have it. So in the book, Love how you're a little fact checker on Twitter. Like, Miss Bam, (laughs) that was Anthony's line. (laughs) Okay, listen. Okay, so listen to me, he said. His voice even and intense. And listen well, because I'm only going to say this once. I desire you. I burn for you. I can't sleep at night for wanting you. Mm. Even when I didn't like you, I lusted for you. It's the most maddening, beguiling, damnable thing, but there it is. And if I hear one more word of nonsense from your lips, I'm going to have to tie you to the bloody bed and have my way with you a hundred different ways until you finally get it through your silly skull. That you are the most beautiful and desirable woman in England. And if anyone else... No, sorry, I, I, did, I did not say that right. And if everyone else doesn't see that, then they're all bloody fools. Now, we've seen Jonathan Bailey's delivery of this, this, the sexy lines here. Yeah. Tell me the world would not have imploded had he said that out loud. Yeah. That is hot. We missed out on that. Hello. It's hot. For sure. And I loved that scene in the book. But I also feel like he had really great lines in the show. He did. I guess, like, it's just, at least for me as, you know, a romance reader, my my personal thing is, like, the firsts in books, in the books that I read are so important. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I, like you, would have loved to see, like, their first actual, not actual, but, like, their first, like you said, penetrative sex scene. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I just feel like it's an important moment. In romance, it usually yeah. is. But especially in historical romance, because there's like an added weight to it. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's especially special in yeah. historical romance for me. And we didn't get that. What yeah. we did get, though, is Anthony Bridgerton waking up the next morning with a smile on his face. And, and then realizing that she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> 
and Kate's freaking out back at home and we get more little flashbacks that we didn't see um yeah we actually see his face between her legs which I was very and his eyes are were so intense guys I was like (laughs) that was very good it was was good um I'm pleased with that um that episode ends with uh Kate going for a ride so basically he Anthony you know is all hot and bothered and like wet from the rain but then he uh he storms into Lady Danbury's house with a ring ready to propose to Kate, presumably. But then he learns that she has gone out and um, he charges after her in the pouring rain, screaming her name. And like you, we all talked about, he does say her name, Kate, as um, her horse kind of uh, freaks out and she's thrown from her horse, hitting her head on a rock. And the episode ends there. That's how, that's how fast you're going to go over the fact that he was full on going to propose? No, we're going to debrief now. Okay. <laughs> I saw a tweet on Twitter, which was like, he went down on her once and, and figured out his whole life. <laughs> yes. Agree. Retweet. Fair enough. <laughs> Retweet. Yeah. He, he, right away, he's like, uh, okay, well. I, I need to do the gentlemanly thing for once in my life. <laughs> see, this is why I was like, did they actually, like, physically sleep together? Because he, like, made it seem, like, I know we're in jumping ahead, but that it was, like, it was the right thing to do. Like, he compromised her, so it was the right thing to do. I mean, in this time period, you could hold someone's hand and be like, we should probably marry. He literally went down on her. But no one saw that. And she's still, like, quote-unquote, intact. She's still, quote-unquote, pure. What he says in the next episode is that he didn't want it to happen that way. So I think that's just what he means. Like, he wanted to make it right by her. I don't think they had sex, but I think it was enough that he was like, I didn't want for this between us to happen in this way and remain, like, this, like, secretive, forbidden thing. Like, I, when we have sex, I want it to be, you know, special and you know, we're wedded and blah, 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 blah. Like, I think that's what he meant or that was his intention, I think. I don't know. So he goes to Lady Denbury's house. As you said, he is a wit and he's got that strand of hair that's just perfectly placed on his forehead. It's like the, it's like the Daphne bangs all over again. But it's hot on him, okay? It is not the Daphne bangs. Don't, don't insult him like that <laughs> oh no no no! he's hot he, <laughs> he can pull off so any hot. haircut the way he's sitting on that couch mm. anyways he's waiting she's not showing up and then they learn that uh there's a horse missing so he puts two and two together and he's like here she is again riding at dawn in the boring rain why did she do that? I'm not sure. It wasn't the brightest idea she's ever had. Maybe she was just running away from, like, her feelings for a second. Yeah, I, I mean, I think when one is distressed, one does not always think through things. So <laughs> she was like, I need out of here right now. Um, Yeah, and then what happens? I already said she falls from a horse and her head hits the rock. I'll be, okay, yeah, but, like, say it with <laughs> intensity. This is an intense okay. moment. Okay, so what happens? Like... Oh my gosh, the music slows down and like the rain and like, you know, the way that the horse slows down, the music picks up. It's like really intense and dark and booming. Fine. The music is like, you know, it's intense. It's like, you know, going crazy. (laughs) And then the slow-mo of the rain and like the way the horse like 
stands up and like Kate's trying to hold on for dear life and then like we have Anthony he's like screaming as he's riding he's like Kate that's how it ends basically she's on the ground yeah it ends with her on the ground he he only goes to her in, in episode 8 right yeah okay so that's how it ends she's on the ground looking dead mm-hmm. and he screams and that's that end of the episode and episode 8 commences for me at 3.30 because I couldn't go to bed. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't believe you guys did that. I couldn't stop watching. After that scene, can you imagine cutting it off and going to bed? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, so episode 8, the last episode, the Viscount who left me. <laughs> Anyways, what happens? Okay, um, episode starts off with uh, Anthony running to the unconscious Kate, and he touches her head, and he sees the blood on his hand. Um, and he picks her up, and he's frantically trying to get her back into Lady Danbury's house, and then he gets her there, bellowing for a surgeon, and like, you know, getting a doctor, and he's like, he is stressed out, and he is forced to step away from Kate, and then Benedict comes in because his valet had seen um, what was going on and just, you know, comes to see if he can be of any assistance. And Anthony is so far in his head. He is, like, not even hearing anything. And he just says, it's my fault. Like, all of it's my fault. And he looks at Edwina and Mary sobbing in the corner. And he's like, damn, this is my fault. Yeah, that scene, (laughs) I felt so bad for him. I know I'm not getting far in the episode yet, but, like, Seeing him, like, so in his feels and, like, so in his head at that point was, like, it really brought him back to his father and, like, what was going on there. And then it's so drastic when it cuts to the next scene that they are in anyway. Yeah. Where he's, like, acting super normal or, like, trying to and you're, like, what happened in between? Yeah, trying to is the key word because he's clearly not, but... And everyone sees right through it. His siblings, his mom, they're all, like, uh, you're not okay. But you see how that that shift... At first, you're, like, Anthony, like, why are you feeling so kind of normal when the, the woman you love is unconscious but then you realize, like, he's done that his whole life. He's so yeah. used to, do, to doing that that that's just right away, like, he went right into that, like, mm-hmm. mental space where he's just going to pretend. Yeah, and that's all he knows. He knows, like, all he remembers from his first traumatic event with his dad dying was he was forced to, like, you know, be put into this position and play this role. And, like, he's like, I need to do that again. And mm-hmm. so he does it again. Yeah, but he's not very good at it because even at the end of that scene violet says that she's worried about him and when she leaves you kind of see a little bit like his eyes are a little red and you can see that he's trying to keep it in still and then um we didn't we're not even really talking about benedict as well but he finds out um in this episode actually he had gotten into this the academy the art academy and he finds out in this episode that anthony paid for his place in the art academy and He's rightfully angry and he feels inadequate and he leaves right away, losing confidence in like his ability to uh, to be an artist. Um, so I thought that was really interesting to see amidst all of this that's going on. Yeah. Oh, uh, note that uh, in that conversation with Violet, she she asks him outright, like, "Why haven't you been to see her?" Yeah. And he says he snaps, like literally, "I'm busy." <laughs> like, can't you see? 
Yeah. And and she then she says that she's worried about him and he says, yeah. I don't have time for this, which yeah. is just like, you know, emphasizes how his whole life he's felt like he hasn't had time to process his emotions. Like he never there's no time. He for never that. processes his emotions at all. And like he doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to go through his emotions and live through them and like mm-hmm. go through all the stages of like grief, grief. for example, or like, yeah. yeah, any of it. And then Kate wakes up. And what does she do? First, she asks thing. about Anthony and if he's uh, come to visit, and is disappointed he hasn't been to visit at all. Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. <laughs> and then this switches to probably an all-time favorite scene for me. Yes. Anthony is in his office working on some paperwork, and Violet comes basically running into the room. Like you, you never see Violet running anywhere, no. but she she's basically <laughs> running, and um, she just says Anthony, and he, you know, he was gonna like send her away, saying like, oh, I'll be there in a second, type of thing, and then he just says she's awake. And Violet says, like, yeah, blah, 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 I heard from this person. But and then yeah. she nods, like, yeah, she's she's awake. And oh, my God. I cried so hard, guys. The way, it, it's the way you can physically see him trying to hold the emotion in, but it's too late. And then it, his face just completely changes and he breaks down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. To see a male character do that on screen, I cannot tell you how special that is. Yeah. How special that is. It was just done so well. Like, Jonathan, I, again, like, I, we've been saying it nonstop throughout this whole time we're talking about the show. Like, his acting is phenomenal. And just, mm-hmm. like, the nuanced expression, but also just, like, I looked at him and I just saw, like, suffocation. Like, he was being suffocated yeah. by, like, his his grief like the that he's his not allowing fear. himself to feel yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's just like uh the torture and then you see violet finally she like talks to him about everything that's been going on and like she actually mentions to him that you know she would go through it all again like she would go through that pain of losing edmund if that meant she got to live all the good stuff and like mind you this is the first time that they're actually having this conversation yeah. in, like, 20 years or some shit. Yeah. They yeah. should have had that conversation when it happened, but yeah. Violet was completely unable to have it. Yeah. So only now are they actually sitting together talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. let that sink in. Like, the the everything, all the emotions and fears and worries and, and like, that he's harbored inside of himself, that he's kept hi- hidden inside of himself... Because that conversation, that one conversation was never had. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. you don't blame her. You understand. Like, she really was not able in that moment to have that conversation. For sure. But the pressure it put on him. Yeah, the pressure. And also, the scene was so important for him as well. Like, you know, all around. But I love that he got this apology from his own mother because of how things unfolded. And, like, for her to recognize, like, her wrongdoing in a sense of, like, you know... um, you know, of her naming what happened and her, like, saying, like, she should have never put that on her son in a way. And I love that he got that because in that moment, you know, you kind of forget or she forgot that that was her son. And and I love that she took that moment to apologize to him for what had happened 10 years ago because he needed that. Yeah. 
Haas, how did you feel when he when he had that reaction? Emotional. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. This, to me, this moment, you know when people will say things like, oh, men in romance are so toxic, blah, blah, blah. This, to me, is the romantic hero. You know what I mean? Like, this is why we love it so much. This is what speaks to us to, like, see, to, to yes, have men that sometimes do, you know, struggle with their emotions and showing their emotions and, and processing them. But we we love it for this moment, precisely. Bec- yeah. The moment where they finally let themselves process them. And that completely changes them from that moment on. That's the moment we read it, it for. That's that's what we love. That's what speaks to us. So yeah, I, I, it's, it's special to have that on screen, I think. It's um, so special. And I love just seeing men experience emotion. And like they're not like portrayed as like this uber strong man. Because strong men like have weak moments. And they have not weak moments, but they have moments of like emotional vulnerability and yeah it's never shown it's like I don't know it's like it's so toxic to not show that but like men have emotions they are people they go through things and it's not oh sorry sorry no no what were we gonna say no no I was gonna change the point oh oh, I was just gonna say it's not like a competition but where did Simon have that moment yeah that's what I'm saying I think this season was really really done well in the sense where like Anthony was given his due he was able to like I guess in a way redeem himself in the eyes of the viewers um Mm -hmm. and this kind of brings me to what I wanted to say like his comment in the first episode where he says he wants a wife with like childbearing hips I saw a tweet and it actually made me like feel like something in my chest and like I kind of like this person said I don't remember who said it but um oh my god I know what you're gonna say (gasps) that he haven't seen the tweet you saw the tweet yeah no no, i didn't see it but i can imagine where it's going okay so like he he wants a a woman that has childbearing hips because of like the difficulties his mom had in the pregnancy with hyacinth and he doesn't want his wife to ever go through that yeah so every decision he's made in his life goes back to his father's death and like what his mom went through yeah i can see that i knew i knew the moment you said that where it was headed and what yeah. w- what you were referring to Jeez, so whoever sorry. tweeted that i'm sorry i'm not giving you credit i don't know who said it but like thank you for saying that because it just like added another layer to anthony that like he didn't need but like thank you <laughs> like he's so multifaceted and like multi-layered and what else um does violet say really quickly before we move on to anthony that kind of pushes them in the direction of pursuing kate again uh oh i i yeah i didn't write it down okay uh, i have you, it you wrote it down okay then yeah read it. okay so basically <laughs> um as she's telling him everything you know he her apologizing to him and all of that and as she's talking about edmund he sorry she tells him that you cannot lose her and she also says that real true love is worth it and yeah. so no matter him. what yes no matter what so it pushes him to go and visit Kate the next morning with tulips. How does he um, screw this up? Who wants to go through this? Uh... Okay. So uh, he shows up with the tulips. Walks mm-hmm. in. She's like, what a Bridgerton. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and then basically, you know, he's feeling a little fr- flustered. It's kind of funny. Like he, he, he's, he's looking really awkward standing yeah. there. And... Um, 
yeah, basically, like, he just straight up says, I'm going to marry you. And and she's like, no. Well, no, he basically says, like you said, that uh, he wished he'd done it differently. And uh, Kate assumes that it's because he feels like it's out of obligation. Like, it's because he's proposing out of obligation and not because mm-hmm. he loves her. Um, and at this point, we know that Kate is very much in love with him. Or, like, I guess now at this point, we do know that she is. Um, and she kind of hopes that he felt the same way. And she tells him um, the plan is still to move back to India. And Anthony tells her that she's running, running away. away. Yeah. yeah. And the way he says that, again, can, cannot, like, just honestly take a sip of alcohol every single time we say the way he said that. Because <laughs> it just is, okay? Like, the way he says you're running away, it's very yeah. powerful. And then, you know, he kind of leaves the ball in her court Yeah. at that moment. It's very much... Uh, I, listen, I'm all in, so this is up to you now. Are you going to put your big girl penny pennies on and uh, say yes, or are you going to run away? Up to well, you. I mean, for Kate, like, he didn't do a good job. Like, obviously, we know this man does not talk about emotions, but she, like, really is like, why am I going to stay here if, like, after all of this, he still doesn't love me? But I think it's because, to him, it's obvious that he's in love with yeah. her. Like, he didn't think about the fact that she would assume it's because of obligation. Well, then word it better, Anthony Bridgerton. Well, I said it in part one. He's a little flustered in this season, okay? He doesn't really do well with, like, saying big things. He said it He said it in an earlier episode. I'm not a man of words and poetry. But then when he comes, like, when it comes down to him and his emotions, he does an amazing job <laughs> of talking things out. Speaking of, we get the scene with Gregory, which is oh. a scene I didn't know I needed, but I'm so happy we got it. I loved that scene. Do you want to do you want to tell us us what happens in that scene? So Anthony's in his study and Gregory comes in and wanting to talk to him cuz I guess one of his teachers yelled at him for something um and yeah and and then he feels stupid. Gregory I know. <laughs> and then Gregory uh Tells him, oh, like, I'm interrupting you. Let me go away. And Anthony stops him. And they have a conversation about their dad. And they have a little moment. Yeah. It's really nice. Gregory asks, "Um, am I like him at all? You know, because obviously Gregory didn't really know his father. And, yeah, I think that's a moment for Anthony where he realizes, I mean, he literally, literally says, we do not talk about him much, do we? Mm-hmm. Like he realizes that he's kind of cut off because of his own grief and his own, like him running away from his own emotions. He cut his own sli- siblings off of knowing their father. Exactly. He him. would have the most memories with his father and he wasn't allowing his siblings, like you said, to know their father. So I love that we had this moment where like, in a way he was allowed to grieve his own father and like, mm-hmm share a memory that he had with his father and i just loved it yeah he says uh, gregory says i do not know much about him and then uh, anthony replies that is because i have shown up far too late for far too many things yeah so you know just it's good yeah. <laughs> it's good that he's <laughs> acknowledging that and that you know he's realizing that they should talk about 
their father that the, yeah. the the way to do things is not to ignore it yeah no but i love that like we see it like as the season progresses and where he was at in season one he starts off like cold and like distant and he's like the patriarch of the family that like even gregory like kind of like kept away from but like more and more as the season goes on like we see him open up to his siblings which i love because he believes up until this point, I think, I don't know if it's changed, that his family doesn't really like him. And I love that we see him break social protocol for his siblings. He's always all about honor and always all about, like, keeping up appearances. But he Especially breaks the those... younger ones. Yeah, because they never knew their father. Gregory, uh, he was, like, one. He doesn't know his father at all. And, yeah, so, like, their only, like, I guess, parental figure that is a male is Anthony. So yeah, I just loved that we had little moments where Anthony allowed his family like to see him and let them in. Yeah, I also love that he says, uh, I ask too much of them, too much of you, too much of everyone, really. Yeah, um, but you're right. It is it is touching to see that he always makes a point of trying to include even the younger ones, which, you know, according to the way things should be, the, the younger ones are kind of ignored in the family until they're, you know, useful mm-hmm. or, yeah. Until they're old enough. Then we have that conversation between Kate and Mary. All right. Um, so Kate is packing her suitcase to go back to India. Um, this is right before the big feathering pinball. Um, so what happens is Kate kind of, like, confides in Mary and, like, they talk about... Um, how Kate was feeling and how she, I guess, misinterpreted a lot of things. And she basically told Mary that, um, that she felt like she had to earn her spot in this family. And Mary was like, I'm like, I can't believe I made you feel that you had to earn a spot in the Sharma family. Like that was never the case. She never differentiated between the two. And that was kind of sad to like, see that Kate was carrying that. Yeah, or that she, I think uh, they they say something like, or that Kate owed something to Mary for taking her in or something. Yeah, sorry, owed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that scene was just, like, really hard to watch because, like, Kate, of course, was struggling with this alone. Like, no one, like, her experience is very unique in the sense where, like, there's no one that has her lived experiences that she can talk to. Or, like, there's no one... That she felt like she hadn't... She didn't have friends to go to. All she had was her sister and Mary. And obviously her sister isn't talking to her. And she'd never had that relationship, it seems like, with her sister to, like, confide and, like, share her own problems with Edwina. I think Edwina was the one that was always sharing her problems. Um, but again, I love that this was a moment where for Mary to recognize her own wrongdoing and her, like, absence when the father died. Um because Mary, not Mary, Kate was a child at that point, and she had to take on this burden of carrying the family. Yeah, which kind of mirrors the relation, uh, the relationship, the um, conversation that Violet and Anthony yes. have in this episode. Yeah, uh, for sure. Those two conversations were very much needed, and I'm very happy that they're here. Yes, they both needed to have that with their with their moms. Yeah, Kate. Makes it to the ball. After all, she changes her mind uh, and she dances with Edwina. They've made up their yeah. sisters again. Uh, I love it. I love that they dance together. They're like, fuck that scene was whatever the rules cute. are. 
Yeah, yeah, they're like, screw it with social, like, you know, niceties and, like, what's done in the ton. Everyone well, already together. looks down upon us anyway. We might as well. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that scene. Uh-huh. Then we get one of my favorite little moments ever. We get Anthony Bridgerton walking up to uh, Kate. And basically... I don't know what she said. Something like uh, about the fact that she had like a severe head injury that he found her on the dance floor that maybe she needed someone to steady her. Maybe he was the first one yeah. she found. Blah, blah, blah. And this <laughs> playful little smile that this man has. He and he so holds up three fingers and he's like, how many? <laughs> and then she says three. And then he like flips his hand around and there's four and i love it so much i love seeing playful anthony he was so playful and i love it i love seeing this version of anthony and like obviously it meant that she wasn't seeing the right number so naturally he had to be her support and they had to dance yeah but also did you see the little theories about that scene oh about them having four children like he was asking how many children she wanted and then well because they have three three children but then they have like a noopsy child like eight years later which yeah. is the fourth child mary yeah so people are saying like maybe that's because especially because of his his face like <laughs> you know at, <laughs> at the fourth one so i don't know people are saying that i think it's cute i think that's cute be. i i could see that as tell us about this dance the emotions yeah. you were going through how like tell us about it that was such a bad song for that moment. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. They could have picked a different song. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that from uh, part one, but I said, like, there are moments here, important moments for these characters where I felt like they needed their own theme. That w- that should have been a good placement. And not a stupid rendition. This is a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Song. I mean, I did enjoy, like, the instrumental rendition of that version, but I felt like, yeah, they could have picked another song at that point. It lacked intensity yeah. for me. I could see that. And that's when they do their little hand movements. Yes. Like, and she looks like a faces. Disney princess because her eyes are so, like, expressive. Sparkly. and just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he literally is, like, his jaw clenches because she's so close to his face and he's trying to keep it in and, like, not ruin her on the dance floor. But, like, ugh, the jaw clench. Yeah. It's very intense. Anyways, uh, then he says, no, she says, do you want to stop? And he says, just keep looking at me. It's all yeah. that matters. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it too. But then what happens, like, as you said, everyone's leaving the dance floor. Uh, the queen uh-huh. is also at this, yeah. this dance. And she um, <laughs> basically clears the air finally, last episode, <laughs> and says it's because she didn't want the marriage to go through. Uh, that's why they didn't. Edwina and Anthony did not get married. And that these two make a very great couple. Yeah. And then she tries to push Edwina towards the prince. Yeah, yes. How do you feel about the po- the potential of Edwina and the prince together? Is that the prince from the first <laughs> Yeah. The, the, the blonde, yeah. Mm. Do you see them together? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I'd be down for it because, like, yeah. you know, the prince was, like, adorable and all. But, like, maybe for mm-hmm. an episode. Like, if, like, yeah, they, no, if she... like, a brief mention. Yeah, like, yeah. if they're... If that was, like, a hint of her being in the next season and the prince coming back for season three, 
I mean, like, I'll see it, but I won't, like, want, like, a whole subplot on it. From this point on, I wrote a note about this because that was during my initial uh, viewing. I remember vividly thinking, this is the last episode I'm going to get with Kate and Antony as leads. And there is not nearly enough Kate and Antony mm-hmm. in this episode. And I remember looking at the time, the timestamp, multiple times. Because I was I was looking at the time spent, where we were at. Yeah. And I was like, how in a- hell am I going to get the satisfying, all-encompassing ending that I need for these two in the amount of time that I'm left with? Yeah. And then, of course, this is followed up with a bunch of scenes about other characters that we do not care about. And we end up really just spending about nine more minutes with our leads and that's it. One of the scenes in particular was um, Eloise finding out that Penn, or figuring out, sorry, that Penn is actually Lady Whistledown. And they had a big blowout because Penn more or less insults her um, and Eloise is betrayed by her friend that, you know, she told her friend all of these things in confidence and, and made it into Lady Whistledown's latest issue. So that was a big scene that happened. Do you have any thoughts about that before we move on? That was messed up. I was just mad. <laughs> I was just mad that, that by that point, this is what we were focusing on. Like, I get yeah. it. I yeah. get it. And I, I get that this is an important scene for, like, regular tv uh watchers yeah they have been waiting for this but all i could think about was why why am i not with my leads here i'm only getting like 15 more minutes of kate and Anthony as the leads the leads of a season mm-hmm. and i'm not spending them with them you know yeah. like that yeah. that was frustrating like i remember that yeah I I was mad. I just like like you said. I just wish we had more scenes with Kate and Anthony in this finale, even if it was just one more episode at this point. Like, just give us an episode dedicated to Kate and Anthony. If you want to waste time, not waste time, but spend time on Eloise and Penelope, and also like Penelope seeing Colin, you know, say that he would never court her or whatever. And then we also got the Featheringtons and like their drama. And I'm like, come on Could now, like just like. Less. Let's just move on. Like, they're done. Let's move on. I know we said it before, but, like, the Featheringtons took up way too much space here. Agreed. Way too much. Um, we get, however, an I love you yes. here. We get two I love yous, actually. Three I love yous. He says it, he says it twice. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says it once. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyone, anyone wants to uh, give a brief overview of that scene? Uh, so basically, um, like you said, it's an important scene in the sense where everyone's out to go watch the fireworks, but Kate finds a, a quiet place in the garden and Anthony finds her after talking to Benedict because Benedict confronts him about the whole like art academy thing. Um, so that's maybe setting up something for season three. Um, and then he talks to Kate and he just like, just like says it and he's like I love you and it's like for him it was like a revelation in a sense where like like he's just like I love you and like he just says it again and like touches his heart and he doesn't expect anything from her at that point he's like you don't have to accept it you don't even have to agree with it like knowing you you probably won't um Mm -hmm. but I love you and like he just puts his hand to his chest like where her hand touched his chest during that like bee sting scene He's like, yeah, I just, like, I love you. I think, I, like, he even said, like, he's always loved her from, like, the first moment that they met 
up until like all their like banter and all like their little fights they've had like he's loved her throughout it all and she she starts that scene with basically saying like I, I don't know what to say and he looks like he just like in his eyes it's like it's, it's okay like don't worry about it it's okay and then she's like I don't know what else to say but I love you too and he like nods but like you know like a little <laughs> tiny like, little nod like yeah, yeah you do <laughs> Like, I can't sure? believe that Kate could love him, and I'm like Anthony. Love yeah. that scene, and then they kiss, and the fireworks are like, mm-hmm. oh, it was beautiful. Can I just say that after spending eight episodes of them, you know, walking around each other, kind of like not saying it but saying it, or you know, saying it with her eyes, saying it with her hands, saying it in every other way except saying it, mm-hmm. that it. It was actually kind of shocking to hear him outright say, I love you. Like, it meant more, and it was, it meant more than everything else he's said before, and even after, to a certain extent. Like, it's just, those words now have so much weight, because it's like, you've said it so many times except this one. Yeah, and the way he proposes as well, it's like, I want to marry you because, like, I can't imagine my life without you. And the fact that he mm-hmm. says, like, I will humble myself before you because, yeah. like, I don't know, like, his lines and, like, his whole proposal, like, he wanted her to know that he wants to marry her because he wants her and he loves her. And he, and he says a life that suits us both. Yes. And I love that. Like, she got the what she wanted from her proposal. And, like, I love that she got that, like, validation and, like, you know, she got that from him, and I loved it. Yeah, and then she she says, "You do know there will never be a day <laughs> where you do not vex me." Uh, and he says, "Is that a promise, Kathani Sharma?" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" The way uh, he says that, and I then know. the way he follows that with, "I know," she says, uh, "Yes, it's a promise." And then the way he follows that with, "It seems the two of us are finally seeing eye to eye on something." And, this, and he smiles. Yeah. His smile kills me. I love it. I wanted to spend more time with them. Me too. Anyways, what were you going to ask us? No, I was just going to ask her, like, how did you feel about, like, that proposal? Like, do you think it was too abrupt? Or, like, this is for you too, Em. Like, do you feel like it was abrupt? Do you feel like how it played out? Like, I think we already basically talked about it. We wanted more time with them. But, like, were you content with what you got or what? Up until that point, I think, yeah, I was content. But, I mean... I feel like there was room for more of them. Which I if think more stuff was cut out. Maybe season three will have them. Because like after this we go to the epilogue and it's not even like years into the future. It's like six months. Mm-hmm. Six into months the future. See. So like who's to say like we're not gonna get more? Like there's no baby like there was with mm-hmm. Simon and Daphne. They're still in like their honeymoon bliss, so who yeah, knows? Maybe yeah. we'll get more of them in season three and a subplot for them. Can I just say they were dead ass kissing outside <laughs> during that ball while the fireworks are going? Like dead yeah? ass kissing in front of everyone. I'm like, this is scandalous. Is nobody <laughs> nobody gonna say anything? <laughs> I know. It's like the third or like um twenty thousand time I watched that scene. Like you can see heads in front of them. So like if exactly. anyone turned around, hello, scandal absolute scandal like this is not even scandal this is like beyond that they're kissing in front of everyone (laughs) and then we get to the epilogue yes they're having sex not their first time but they're having sex kate is very happy to fulfill her duty as a viscountess to him 
Uh, he kisses the place where she got stung. I know. Lived for it. And uh, unfortunately, they have to stop having sex because they need to go greet his family. <laughs> Boo-hoo. Because they're all here to play Pal Mal again. <laughs> Pal Mal again, yeah. Uh, and the baby is grown. Sorry, I was just going to say that they uh, traveled for six months. Six months. So to did India, they go to India? Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Sure. She, I mean, she's, she said she missed it so much. Um, so I need to know, Anthony in India, how was it? I need to see, like, mm. an episode of Anthony in India. This is why this sucks, that this is TV. Because if this was a book and we we would all be asking the author to write this bonus scene, and they would. Yeah. yeah. We don't get that here. No. <laughs> we can't ask for that here. No. It sucks. Anyways. Newton is uh, Antony's by marriage, and he did not agree with that. Their first son, yes. <laughs> Their first son, yeah. Um, and then Antony says, because uh, they start, like, you know, kind of getting cuddly and kissy on the, the field, and Daphne is like, well, does that mean they're cutting out? And both of them go, absolutely not. <laughs> no. And Antony says, unless we take this opportunity to return upstairs. <laughs> Anthony is wild. Okay, sir. And then they start making out in front of the whole family and Lady Danbury. And he's grabbing her ass. I'm like, excuse <laughs> you. He's <laughs> grabbing her ass. But no, I really love this scene um, in the sense where like, yes, we see Anthony and Kate, but I love that they also focus on Daphne's expression. Um, I don't remember if they f- focus on Violet at all, but like Daphne was one of the people, her and her mom, told um anthony that they saw him change and like he lost his smile and his laughter but now they can bear witness to like his smiles and like his laughter and it's not leaving anytime soon because he chose love and i'm like i love that they had that moment to see that yeah daphne's absolute joy and just happiness for her brother is so obvious and clear in that smile and i just love it i i I did love that that was like the second to last scene we focus on her smile and then we go back to them kissing oh with the bollywood like you know (laughs) circling them yeah i was expecting them to start like singing or whatever um loved it (laughs) the end yeah it was so fairy tale like i just that epilogue was a great one and like i said i'm hoping this means more Kate and Anthony in season three, whether that be a subplot or, you know, other like problems about, or I don't know. Like, I'm just, if they're just going to be a support for the other Bridgerton siblings, I don't know. I'm just, I want more of them. And I love that they're coming back for season three and also season four. I'm really hoping, crossing my fingers and toes, that they get, at the very least, like their own subplot in I really the next hope seasons. So. We're not done with them. Like, I don't. What I'm trying to say is I think their intent at this point was to maybe continue the story on. Like, maybe they were like, let's have it go as, like, a series, like, a TV series, not, like, a book series where, like, books usually finish in one couple. And maybe they're like, let's keep this couple going because maybe they wanted to do that with Reggae as, like, Simon, but, like, that was not, like, happening at all. So they have to end their story in a sense. But I don't know. We'll see. 
for what about you, Wes? Would you prefer it just like focuses on on the actual couple or like would it because I know some romance readers are a little like iffy about that. Like they it's like once they're done, I don't want them to focus on that couple anymore. Or are you like us like wanting that? For Kate, if it comes down to picking a couple to feature uh-huh. as a subplot in the next season, for sure, Kate and Anthony. Okay. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. For sure. And maybe less yeah. Featheringtons. If anyone in the Bridgerton team is listening to us, please, like, less Featheringtons. <laughs> you know, the Featheringtons really could have uh, taken that trip to America. I agree. <laughs> Take Penelope really with them, please. Or maybe leave her so she gets her romance with Colin. But um, speaking of... Okay, really quickly, let's talk about this. Because I, at where the season ends, I understand she's at her lowest point, but I also don't empathize with her anymore. I really don't. They've yeah. made me not like her. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I was even annoyed when her voice came on at the end. Like, I was... I, I, I honestly, like... And again, this is not nothing against Nicola, the actress. Her She's acting's great. amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nothing against that. It's really it was my frustration at the way things were unraveling at this yeah. point, and the yeah. fact that we were not with our leads, and yeah. my attachment and love for these leads, uh, it really tainted my experience. Yeah, but I think we can spend like a minute talking about like where you think she'll end up in season three because at this point yes Eloise knows that she is Lady Whistledown but she doesn't choose to stop writing she actually in her anger sorry I worded that wrong she like chooses to keep writing in her anger because yeah did that make any sense to you guys what is her like hey um you read the book so I don't know if you can answer this better like I understand Uh that like Lady Whistledown was like her having a voice in this world in this time what is the point of it like why does she continue writing as lady whistledown when it just keeps hurting the people she claims to love because in the book it never really hurt the people she loves they took it so far that here she's actually like hurting people like in the books it's really like trivial stuff like oh did you see that Cressida Cowper was wearing a really ugly dress the other day yeah or like just revealing the the scandals that everyone's already already knows type of thing you know like it's never it's never actually hurtful at least not that I can remember they took it far yeah because imagine when Colin finds out about Marina that she was the one that revealed Marina was pregnant and selfishly, yeah. you know, it's just because Penelope didn't want Colin to be with another woman. Mm-hmm. He's going to be livid. From my memory anyway, like in the books, she never says anything about Colin in that way. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the whole Marina thing is not in the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, she never says anything about Eloise either. So she never really mentions her, her the Bridgertons in like bad, in, in like a bad light. If anything, the the person that she's meanest with in the books is herself. Yeah, I I don't know about that. I I'm not liking her character at all. I'm not rooting for her at all. I I did read an article where they're saying that they might switch up the order of the books, and I don't yeah. want it to be Penelope and Colin next. I I I do and I don't. Here's the thing. Well, then that makes sense why the Featheringtons were featured exactly. a lot in this But they, they were featured it. a lot in season one, too, so... Yeah. I think they are switching things because, 
remember at the end of season one where Antony had that moment where he's like, oh, now I go off to find my wife. Yeah. You know? They obviously emphasize that. Here, they very much leave you with the idea that Colin, that Penelope has heard Colin say, I would never court Penelope Featherington, which is a line from the books where he he says, I would never marry Penelope Featherington. Here it's court, which is an interesting change. But um, so that makes me think that for that reason, they are going with Penelope and Colin next. The reason why I kind of do want that is literally only so that it can be done and over with. Yeah. (laughs) Because we need to move on to something else. Like, I'm getting tired of the Lady Whistledown storyline. I'm getting tired of Colin and Penelope getting drawn out. I feel like they need to take it somewhere to another level. Yeah. And they need to get it done with so that we can move forward. I mean, that means altering the timeline, too, because, like, doesn't that book take place, like, 10 years? 10 years later. And then what happens? I guess they'd have to alter it a lot with, like, if Benedict does end up with Sophie. um, Alter how that happens, too, right? Also, Eloise, uh, I think her story takes place years after or a couple years after Penelope and now like she's really feeling like a spinster because everyone's married off and she's feeling quite lonely so then would you think think that season four could even be Eloise and Philip maybe I I honestly don't know I I I really don't know where the season or where the show is gonna take us and I'm sad because Benedict I I would watch a whole season with him because I think he's hilarious and he he's in need of some loving I love him, but at the same time, I didn't love his book. I don't like Cinderella mm. retellings. Um, I do love the idea of a class difference, obviously. Yeah. You know, forbidden and delicious and, you know, we want all that angst. But um, I just don't love the, the Cinderella thing. I mean, it makes for good TV, to be honest. I feel like everyone Probably, yeah. gravitates towards a Cinderella retelling. Like, people might enjoy that aspect. But also, like you, like, you highlighted the social class and, like, the difference there. And I feel like that's something that we really could explore in Bridgerton World, for sure. And it'll bring something fresh to the stories. Yeah, and I guess, like, the Eloise and Theo thing kind of paved the, the way for Benedict's story. Once Do you again. think Theo will be in season three? No, I think it most likely was, like, a passing, fleeting kind of young love. I mean, we'll see. I feel like people are really, like, all about Theo and Eloise or, like... I don't I don't remember. As Were you into Theo and Eloise? No, I, I really didn't. No. no? I was like, whatever. Do you have any, like, possible, like, I guess, like, wishes for season three? Is there anything that you hope to see? Maybe I would like to see how they're going to resolve, like, Penelope and Eloise Mm. like their issues if they do that how they're gonna do it because I don't see how they can come back from that at at least right now they were left in a very bad spot I think it will make for good angst when Colin finds out it will but I I don't care I know at this point (laughs) they made me not care about Penelope and that sucks because I, I really liked Penelope in season one and I empathized with her at the beginning, but then, like, by the end, I'm like, no. The thing is, like, the just, like, regular audience really loves her. And I, I understand. 
but I don't because at this point, like we said, I'm just re- like repeating what we said. She just hurts people she loves. She claims to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't see that as a lovable quality at all. I mean, for for Eloise, she did do it uh, to protect Eloise in some way, but mm. the Colin thing that was definitely like out of selfishness of not wanting Marina to. Well, I mean, I get it. Like, she, Marina was going to trap this man into a, a yeah. wedding. And then, you know, like, I get it. It's it's part protection, part self-interest. That wasn't the only option for Penelope. Penelope could have easily revealed herself as Lady Whistledown and not ruin her best friend. Or she could have just told Colin, hey, did you know that she's pregnant with No, I'm talking about Eloise. She claimed that oh. that was her protecting her. But oh. you could have protected her by telling the truth. No, I think she just did it for herself to she protect did it for, herself. Yeah, to protect herself and protect her facade. Caught. And so she can keep hiding behind mm-hmm. a piece of paper. That's exactly why she did it. It was bizarre, the whole thing of like her giving it up and then suddenly being like, I'm back. Yeah. Did you miss me? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it it was a little weird. A little and weird. she would get visibly like angry when people were like insulting Lady Whistledown. And I'm like... Hmm. you're like lady whistledown is ruining lives i hope you see that like you're insulting everyone in your papers but then someone says something moderately mean about lady whistledown and you're like what do you mean how dare you yeah (laughs) anyways uh moving on from that shall we uh i also just wanted to briefly mention that uh in part one, I mentioned that I was re-watching it just with the Bridgerton parts, and I had yeah. only seen episodes one to four. And I just want to confirm that uh, after re-watching five to eight, it's really the way to go. I really loved it this time around, doing it this way. Just the Bridgerton bits. Uh, highly recommend. If you're struggling with this season, I... I just... I really loved it the second time around. So... And I yeah. can see myself re-watching it again or like bits of it over and over again so uh also if you enjoyed today's uh conversation please feel free to share it online with uh your friends family whoever uh that you think would like uh our content that would like bridgerton uh we also we don't just talk about uh bridgerton or historical romance we talk about paranormal romance we have some contemporaries um and we always uh dive into uh the topic of the monster within so if that sounds like something that's interesting to you please uh feel free to check out our other episodes if this was uh, a first for you and you discovered through us through these um but also yeah like i said if you liked it please feel free to share it on your own social media it helps us a ton to get uh, more reach get new people to uh discover us if you want to reach us online, uh, you can find us on Twitter at BRTMPod, as well as on uh, Instagram at Romance in the Monsters Podcast. If you'd like to email us, it's Romance in the Monsters Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, TikTok is Romance in the Monsters Pod, and uh, YouTube, just search for the name Romance in the Monsters Podcast, and you should be able to find us. Um, if you're looking for me specifically, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers. And you can find me as on both Twitter and Instagram at But This Book. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Pose of Blows. And also, please feel free to subscribe to any of the podcast platforms um, to our podcast if you feel like you've earned your subscription. And also, if you feel like you're in the mood to leave a review, 
Um, you can leave one on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Um, if you've yeah. made it this far. <laughs> I'm like losing my Thanks. voice. <laughs> well, surprisingly, I'm not this time around. But yesterday I was after like an hour. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just thank you if you've made it this far. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.